Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to our humble abode, the FanDuel Thunderdome. On this Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, January 17th, 2023, hour one starts now. Football! Probably going to go for a good three, four hours today. Wide. Just a little bit of a heads up. Today, we got a lot of guests. We got Ian Rappaport joining us in about 27 minutes. What does he know about everything happening? And will he tell us or will he decide to break the news on his own on his Twitter account immediately after mm. he departs from our show? Right. Probably that, but we can't wait to chat with Rap because there's a lot cooking right now. Offense coordinators have been fired from places. Defensive coordinators have been hired from other places to other places. There is live action, boss. Happening around the NFL coaching spree and ownership searches, and also obviously with everything that took place last night. Is that Tom Brady's last game? Oh! Scott Reynolds of the Pewter Report, uh, of pewterreport.com, which is a local, I don't want to say blog. Yeah, it website, is. blog. Blog content yeah. creator that covers the Buccaneers and have for a long time. They had the report that the Buccaneers are going to fire Byron Leftwich. They were the first ones to kind of break that type of news. I don't know if that's just projection and guessing or if they have inside source, which they could because they've been covering the Bucs for a long time. The man who will be joining us is Scott Reynolds, although Pewter Report is numerous people. It yeah, is I mean, a collection yeah. of folks Group. covering the Buccaneers. We'll have Scott Reynolds joining us. And then we got Aaron Rodgers joining us at 2.05 Eastern Standard Time. So there's going to be a lot of chatter, a lot of shit. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Wearing a cowboy cap because the Cowboys did something they hadn't done Bye. since 1993. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys got a massive win last night on prime time to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend, beating the fuck out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dak Prescott looked fantastic. Tony Pollard and the boys are running hard. Offensive line was cool. T.Y. Hilton had a couple catches. Oh. C.D. Lamb did his thing, and Schultz had two walk-in touchdowns because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers couldn't cover a goddamn thing. Tom Brady did not look anything like Tom Brady has looked maybe over 20 years of playing football, but he did look exactly like he looked all year this year. Out of sorts, confused, seemed like he and the offense was not on the same page, and he missed a couple plays. Is that because Tom Brady's been going through a lot of shit off the field, and he's tired and exhausted is it also because he's an old man turns 46 august 3rd has the body kind of finally caught up to tom brady and what is his next step we shall see but the conversation of the day is that the cowboys got a big time win yeah. there you go, dallas. now we're staring down a sunday night matchup between dallas cowboys and san francisco 49ers bosa Parsons, same field, same game, same night mm -hmm. with an NFC championship bid on the line. The NFL gods have blessed us. We have a fantastic divisional round around the corner. The Jaguars will take on the Chiefs, and everybody's assuming that the Chiefs will blow out the Jags, and that might be the case, especially with how that last game started for the Jaguars. Will the Kansas City Chiefs just let up after having a 27-zip lead? Probably not. It is the divisional round. Crazier shit has happened. Everybody's assuming that game might be a blowout, although we are a family and a show and a program that have massive amounts of respect for the Jacksonville Jaguars down there in Duval. And then Saturday night, the Giants and the Eagles in a rivalry game. Eli Manning said he's going to go there. Eli Manning said he made a little promise to himself that he'd never watch another fucking game in Philadelphia. But he's going to have to break that promise to himself to go watch his big game. He also talked about how he and Daniel Jones chatted before the big playoff game Ooh. and how he explained about, yeah, playoff football is just regular football. The speed isn't different. You're going to do great. Just do everything that you do because Daniel Jones was seeking some advice from a man who's won two Super Bowls and they have a great relationship. So I think Eli feels even more 
more invested in the run because he's been asked to be a part of it. Great shit out of Daniel Jones off the field, obviously leading to a lot of great shit happening on the field for Danny Dimes and then the Bengals and the Bills, the rivalry that is quickly building between Joe mm -hmm. Burrow and Josh Allen. And although that team visibly and obviously has a lot of respect for each other, this is going to be an incredible matchup. And then the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. The divisional round should be fantastic. The Cowboy hat fits perfectly. Will they ride in the championship? We shall see. The Toxic Table is here at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. Ty, this is two different days. Two different John Deere caps. Wear the green and the yellow one today. Is that because it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday? Going to have some pack talk today in playoffs? Uh, you know, it kind of just happened uh, that way. But also, you know, anytime you can wear a nice original colored deer hat, yeah. you take that opportunity. I mean, it's we don't got the tractors out in the fields right now. You know, we're still kind of in the dead of winter here. So I saw it in my, uh, my closet this morning. I just said, God damn, I wish I was on a tractor tilling the land right now. But I'm not. So Because uh, if you were, you take... The tractor, another round, another round, another round. I gotta say, I'll be out here all goddamn night if I have to. That's right. And I really do respect that. Shout out to John Deere. We do not have a deal with John Deere. We don't. No. But we do have a lot of respect. We do. Oh my God. And then yeah. to the uh, the other part, you know, I was thinking, I don't know, maybe Rodgers will see the, you know, kind of semblance of Packer Green, and he'll say, fuck, I got to come back next year. Uh, you know what? Let's end all speculation right now. I'm looking at that John Deere cap. It looks very similar to Packer Green and Gold. I'll be back next year. Let's end Let's end this song or this, this pony show right now. Let's not worry about it. Yeah, a song and dance you could have went with as well. I yeah. think you were thinking about it. You pumped fake. You said, let's go the other way. Let's mm -hmm. go with a pony show because that's what it is feel like. or felt like because you do not know no. what's going to take place next year. I feel like there's some real question marks around what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Can't wait to chat with him about it. Thank you for doing your part, though, as an owner of the Packers, saying, you know what, I will show up today and try to – you know, move this man's thoughts. Subliminal a messaging. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do we think he's going to be like today? I don't know. I don't know because it, it's like you like, know that's a shoot question. A oh, week, yeah. a week removed from the season. I mean, you guys would know a lot better, especially in a situation like that where they had everything to play for, win and get in. Like, are is are you removed enough? Especially after you've watched playoff so. football. Like, are you removed enough to really even like have a clear mind about the future and everything? I feel like it's probably still like. You know, a little bit of, oh, shit, like, you know, we, sh we, we could potentially be playing this upcoming weekend. We maybe would have won last weekend. Like, oh, I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, one half of the hammer. Don! Cowboys, Tone Diggs is here. Can't wait to hear your thoughts today. Obviously, big old brain. AQ, I think the question that Ty poised is a good one. Uh, this man was obviously a 12-year NFL vet, a Super Bowl champion, a coach and a player, a center, a fullback, and a special teams weapon. What? Former Remington Award winner from the Colt of Penn State, mm -hmm. which is the best center in the country built like the monarchy car uh tired person yep yep ladies and gentlemen AQ shit AQ. how we doing you know what i'm talking about or is yeah, that the michelin, michelin man, man. I, knew, I, I knew where you were going like pillsbury doughboy that was back in the day Whoa, he looks good now you should have seen hey they put him in some bad spots in some white jerseys like uh -huh. the state puff yeah, how do we get some of those off the internet they're, they're good forever yeah good. it's impossible you could tweet to elon maybe he'll keep it off yeah. his platform mm -hmm. but i don't think he's going to see all your tweets I don't think that's going to happen. They're there forever. And that's a good sign of where you were to where you are now. Because look at you. Jeez. Look, yo, looking svelte. Look at oh, yeah. Guy's been boxing with Jay Glazer, which. All good things must come to an end. Jay Glazer and AQ Shipley are no longer on the same fight team. Yep. Jay, what? what? No longer attending the same fight camp or fight club in that rich guy's basement. Oh, that's right. no. That's it's a shame. Not because of bad uh, blood or anything. Just mm -mm. because 
life happened. One of them no longer lived near the gym. Yeah. Oh, boy. Sorry, the basement. That's a shame. You, you still share that bond, though, of being in that basement, punching each other in the face forever, right? Mm -hmm. You still sure. view him as a teammate? Like, yeah. You know how they say, once a name of team, yep. always a name yep. of team. Is that what it's like for that basement? Once you get punched in the face in basement, you always have been punched in the face in the basement. Like, is that how yeah. you and Jay will always view each other? Yeah, once he gave the fake straight what? guard what? hook around to the temple. Ooh. I mean, it's a bond forever. Bond Did he ever hit you with the fucking... Uh, <laughs> the back bang. Oh, boy. I saw that on, on his uh, Instagram. Mm -hmm. That looked... That looked that, Dude, that looks like, incredible. Do you see how much his head was? The, the yeah. amount of bobbing and moving. It's like, Bouncing. oh, this guy's a real fighter. He's oh, incredibly yeah. explosive. This guy's shoot fighter. You've, yeah. Never, yeah. you've never touched him. You've ne yeah. no chance. That's, good, that's a good yeah. call. No. You have never made contact with any no. glove with Jay Glazer. Nope. Any part of his body. Not even close. Probably, he, he probably fucking made no, I've hit the guard. Oh, yeah. I've hit the guard. I always throw like the one, two straight and hit the hook. He's always. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People need to remember that whenever you're talking about Jay Glazer. That's right. Yeah. He'll kill you. He can literally throw. Fucking forty-five bullets at him, and pop, 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 pop. What else you want me to do? Yeah, big mistake. Yeah, exactly. It's a shame you will no longer be testing your. I know. Your metal with Jay Glazer anymore. I know. They give you any information while he's punching your face. He's like, you hear about Kime? How about Kingsbury? Boom, boom, boom. They never give you any of that. No, we never got any of that. Hey Jay, we miss you, Jay. Love you, Jay. Miss you. We love you. All right, let's talk about it. Aaron Rodgers, week and a half removed from his season. Dan Campbell was on Monday Night Manning last night. He seemed to be in okay, good spirits. They win the last game of the year against the Packers, but they're not in the playoffs. So I think there was a couple mentions about being in there, and he's talking about some of the teams. that are. I think a week in some is a long time to not have to do football or think about football. I think he could be pretty well into his decision-making process at this point. I might be wrong. You know, Aaron's a much different person than me. I have a small brain. I don't have deep thoughts. I, like Boston Connor, goldfish with most things. True. So it's hard to compare my brain to Aaron's brain whenever he has a fucking book club, and they're all about... The fingerprints of the... I mean, That's it's right. going to be uh -huh. tough for me just to put myself in his brain. But I think we are a little bit removed enough where he's gotten a chance to settle in, or am I wrong, you think? No, I think... I, I, when it comes to Tom and him and, like, Roethlisberger and those guys that played forever at a super high level, I think they're in a different position than most of us, right? Like, they're in... For me, like, I always knew... Like, I mean, I'd go into every season, but this is fucking it. To, to, <laughs> Yeah, we were two, talking about that like year two days into training camp. This four is it. Five, I think this is it, guys. You know, I don't think I can do this again. I told people like I retired after my eighth year. I was, I've been thinking about my retirement though since like year four. Like with you, yeah, hundred percent. Year four, year five. Like I'm not doing this shit anymore. I said it the last six years of my career. Like this is it. And then I, again, I think an injury needed to happen for me because like I would have said the same shit every year until <laughs> I guess <laughs> yeah, here we go I guess it's August I guess we're back again you know and so but for him like the, and, and Tom and those guys like they have the ability to walk away when they want right like they have that ability I so I just don't know like for me I would have known like if I'm him like at the beginning of the season like, this is it like this is it like maybe something can change my mind but allegedly he was talking shit uh in the <laughs> He did the slide tackle. Yeah, of course. He did that slide was, tackle, yeah. kick to the ankle, Bold which move. immediate red card. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, my, yes. He does that in Qatar. He even thinks about doing oh. that in Qatar in the soccer Lombardi, that dude. They yeah. are running right over to him, <laughs> yep. fucking red card in his face. His team's probably standing up to him. 
what they do in soccer, they oh, spit yeah. in each other's faces. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say sure. I yeah. think that's all they do. That would happen so quickly there. In football, obviously, everybody's like, there's no way that Tom Brady, the 45-year-old, the greatest of all time, just – did he just soccer slide tackle fucking boot guy in shin ankle? No, Tom wouldn't have done that. Yeah. Then they show the replay. They're like, hey, that is – He certainly did. What the hell? I told you. Not everybody saw it. I fucking told you what Tom did. Nobody expected that video to come out. But that's a bad look, Tom. Can't do it. Come on, Tom. Come on, Tom. Very bad. Can't you're the best of all time, bro. You're the you're the you're our goat. Can't have you doing that type of baby back bullshit out there. Can't have that happen. But what I did see from it is still cares. Yep. Oh yeah. Very pissed. Very in that moment to slide tackle and fucking kick somebody. Think about how as a 45 year old, <laughs> think about how mad you have to be to do that. So it's still invested. I think he's still talking shit. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's retired. You've been around him. I don't think he had his his mind. Now Aaron, we don't know. Aaron, I, I'm excited to kind of watch him go through his process. And Tom's taking a little bit from the Aaron thing where I'm going to go through my process. And I'm going to take my time. And Aaron's been saying that for the last couple of years. And everybody's like, you, f- hey, this guy, just make a fucking decision or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Aaron's like, well, it's not that easy. Like I, Because Aaron, not as old as Tom, but fucking, he's been doing this a long time. Still oh, yeah. Hall of Fame resume already. Yep. Wealth already. Mm-hmm. For sure. Nothing really. I mean, he could win more Super Bowls. I get, Okay. You talk about that for everybody but Tom Brady and Bill Belichick probably forever. But like with Tom, I think he's coming back. I just have a a feeling he's coming back. And after the game, he had a press conference where he was speaking to not only national media, but local media more specifically, and gave them a thank you. Listening to this, I don't think I hear any like, I'm done for football with football forever, but you played with him. His hands were in your um, in between your ass cheeks and your tank nut sack. Yes, mm-hmm. with uh, trying to get the football. Now you had two towels down there because that is the play. But you were a center for Tom Brady. You know him better than we do. Not saying you know him better than everybody else on earth. Listening to this, I didn't hear. Oh, this guy's retiring. Uh, but you tell me. Go ahead, and run this. Yeah, it just feels like the end of the season. So. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort. I know it's hard for you guys too. It's hard for us players to make it through and. You guys got a tough job, and I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support. Um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be, and thank you, everybody, for welcoming me, all you regulars, and um, just very grateful for respect, and, and uh, hope I give the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. I didn't hear anything there that says he's going to retire. Did you, uh, AQ, if you were to listen back to him? Whenever he says, hopefully, and then he pauses and goes, you know, I love this organization. I think he got halfway through a thought and then was like, oh, I don't want to go down that road because that might give away too much. So then he stops and comes back. He's like, let's go back to the basics here. Mm -hmm. I love this organization. That was really the only part that maybe led you to believe like, oh, he was about to say something that was telling and he does know what he wants to do right now. But I didn't hear that he was going to retire. They're treating it at the end of that game a little bit. You know, and they've gotten to chat with everybody behind the scenes in production meetings. They were treating that kind of like her last game for Tom. Like, he might have just threw his last touchdown in the NFL, and they were showing highlights of him from when he was with New England mm-hmm. and him throwing – it was almost like uh, – were they doing that just because it is a potential storyline or because the information they were getting from their production meetings, that's kind of the balance I guess we got to play here. I think potential, right? Like, I think for the last 10 years you could probably play the potential game with him. But I think – you know, I heard somebody say it last night, and I do think there's a lot that goes into this. Sure, the, the the aspect of he's getting old and all that stuff, but when it comes down to 
do I really want to go through the grind again? Do I want to go through That's the emotional, Aaron's right? Like, yeah. do I want to put commit, the effort commit. in, commit Monday through Sunday, every single day for six months of game planning, putting together this, more so than that, being a leader, being the face of the franchise, doing all the media, um, you know, all the extra stuff that goes along with being a great football player. Do I want to go through that? I think that's the biggest question mark. Yeah, absolutely he does. I mean, we watch Man in the Arena, and it feels like if there was one big takeaway from that, it's, you know, one, obviously he loves the game, but two, like he's not a loser. And unfortunately, this whole entire season, he hasn't been good. The team hasn't been good. It's his first losing season ever, and they lost in the wild card. Like, if anything, that game last night reminded me a lot of the Patriots, his last game with the Patriots against the Titans. Like, the team didn't look good the entire game. There was no point where you thought, okay, maybe, you know, the Bucks are going to come and win this because it wasn't just Tom. Like, his, you know, uh, chemistry with Mike Evans seems to be completely gone. There's no run game. That's completely shot. The O-line that we saw this year wasn't the O-line we saw last year or obviously when they won the Super Bowl. Now, him saying the hopefully stopping, thank everybody, it feels like he was going to say, hopefully I'm back here next year. Yeah. But instead of going down that road, it was more so just like, hey, it, you know, I've enjoyed my time in Tampa. But all all roads, or at least all signs, to me, point to him going somewhere else. But he's definitely going to play again. And obviously people will wonder if those teams will want him. Because remember a yeah. couple years ago, whenever he was still Tom Brady, and before he won his most recent Super Bowl, mm -hmm. allegedly there was a lot of teams that were like, nah, we're going to stick with this person over Tom Brady because of who Tom Brady is, the age Tom Brady's at, and everything like that. A lot of people were saying his arm was washed. We talked to Clyde Christensen, the quarterback coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're like, not watching the film, right? Right, right. He watched the film. He could still – there's a couple, right, right, still can spin it. Right, 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 right. Still you, – you go back Cincinnati, I think he – right, right. Still – those people aren't watching the film, kind of what Clyde Christensen mm -hmm. said. 100%. And that might have been why a lot of people didn't want to take him. But after what has happened this year, to your point, Tom Brady's not a loser. After how he's performed this year, like how many teams will be like, yeah, give us the 46 in, uh, on August 3rd, uh, your old guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm over our potential guy and tom's going to cost money that's a real question that's going to take place now follow up depending on situations i think i still pull a trigger on one last year for tom oh, brady yeah. mm -hmm. but everything's going to be set up like hey this is a one-year trial thing no offense tom brady we have no idea what you have left i don't think you know what you have left although you think you know what you have left because of the tb12 thing i asked a lot of people on the internet last night i said excuse me no way tom brady goes out like this right because of how you view it yeah People said, right, as if he would not go out like this, 31%. He's done, 46%. And then there was 23% that were just snooping around mm -hmm. to see what mm -hmm. the other people felt like. But 31% of the people agreed with me that did this poll, that there's no Ann Connor, that there's no way that this is how Tom Brady's going to let his shit go. Like, there's going to be a Tom Brady that still thinks that he can be the great one still oh, no yeah. offense wayne gretzky who by far is the great one best hockey player <laughs> in the history of hockey or whatever but he's going to be chasing that consistent greatness i think for however many years i think that is how he's wired just trying to do some psychology type shit i think that is what he is that's the type of person he is so i assume he's coming back now if he does come back to the tampa bay buccaneers are they going to have him throw the ball 65 fucking times mm -hmm. in a game the most amount of passes per game as a 45 year old and as a 44 mm -hmm. year old tom brady in tampa which leads us to the pewter report that uh, we'll be talking to the pewter report folks in the second hour or whatever that they are going to fire by Iron Leftwich down there, which 
Byron Leftwich was maybe going to get a head coaching role because yeah. of how good of an offense coordinator he was. It's a Cliff Kingsbury got a head coaching job because of how good of a head or uh, offensive coordinator he was supposed to be, and it hasn't worked out. AQISQ, because you've been a coach, how come some of these guys seemingly are on a rocket ship to go to be a head coach immediately, and then all of a sudden, I don't want to say get exposed, but kind of get beat down for a while, and then it's complete opposite. You're fired. See you later. You're going to be out of there. Why do you think some guys go and some guys don't? I think people quickly forget the year that we won the Super Bowl. We were 7-5. and five. Like Things weren't clicking then, and it was the same recipe that you saw last night. And so you go into the bye week. Obviously, there was all those conversations, Tom, this, that, and the other, right? And we, we flipped the switch, and the run game becomes a big part of where we go moving forward, and then it becomes a balanced offense. Listen, there's a reason – Andy Reid, O'Connell, Mike Kafka, Brian Dayball, Kafka, my favorite in the league, Kyle Shanahan, right? There's a reason. They do such a good job of marrying up run game and pass game. Formations all look the same. You run every single run play, pass play out of these formations, and it marries up. You Everything builds off each other. We run the ball. We got play action. The, there's passing stuff out of it. Everything looks the same. A lot of guys in this league look – for runs as fillers to get to the next pass. And I think that's what you see a lot with maybe Byron, maybe Cliff Kingsbury, maybe some of these guys, because they don't take the time to really marry up the run game and the play-action stuff with the pass game. And McVeigh got hired very young, got to the Super Bowl, didn't win the Super Bowl, but everybody was looking for the next McVeigh. Yeah. Is McVeigh a guy, that because he came up in the Shanahan tree, right? Is he a guy that knows – uh, the run game and the pass game, is that why he had success? I think he's as good as every guy I just mentioned earlier. I think he's every bit Zach Taylor, too, I guess. Huh? He deserves some respect. Sure. Yeah. Zach Taylor, they all do such a good job. They come. They came up in, the, in, in a way where they were taught it from basically the ground up, right? And they learned the formations. They learned the run game. They learned the protections. Cliff and, was in college. While he was in college, these dudes were interning in an offensive system that has the run game that is clever and helps utilize leverage and expose weaknesses on the defense. So then you have the defense expecting a run. You can take advantage of play action because guess what? Those boys getting sucked up. That's right. right. Like they're in Gibsonia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so the whole thought of not being able to run the ball well, it isn't just like, like, hey, we need to be boring and run the ball. It's like, no, that is such a benefit to the passing game. And people mock Tom Brady, right? People mock Tom Brady because he was a system quarterback. He can only operate out of the play action. It's like fucking every offense can really only operate out of the play action. With the way guys play these days, you need a run threat to take advantage of the speed that's on defense and get them out of alignment so you can take advantage. I just don't understand why 60-some fucking passes last night, and that's like the average, I guess, is like 45 or 50. For him, yeah. What he was throwing every It's like, what are we, why are we even doing it? And I think because of in the trenches, we view it a little bit differently, I guess. You think he wants to throw it 65 fucking times? Not a chance. Like, if he would be – if there's one guy – all like he only cares about winning, and if winning the game, the formula is fifteen passes and fifty-five runs. Like he'd be thrilled. Oh, he yeah. would be absolutely thrilled. And so, so why doesn't he tell Byron Hayes? Yeah, why doesn't he call plays? It's a great question. And listen, like the why way doesn't he call plays? It's a great question. I mean, listen, like they've operated in a two-minute fashion 
Probably they've looked the best on offense all oh, year yeah. when they've gone into the two minutes. Yeah, yeah, last night especially. He just doesn't want to add that into his thing. Did he ever do that for you guys? He didn't call plays, huh? Ever. No, he never did because there's Bill O.B. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it he should be. And know. that's why it feels like the Raiders make sense because it feels as though McDaniels will give him that like freedom. to. Do you kinda... think the Raiders fans want him for another year? Uh, I don't know what the Raiders fans I would, want because they're dumb. So. But also, you look you look at the <laughs> Raiders like com- in comparison to the the Bucks right now. It's like their offensive line's not great. Their defense isn't great. Like, yeah, they they have Josh Jacobs. They have a good run game. They have great receivers. But like, if the Raiders adding Brady is that just like all the stuff? I mean, they, they still play in arguably the outside of the NFC East. You know, with who has three teams left? Like. They play in arguably the toughest division in football. Is adding Brady just all of a sudden make them like a 12-13 win team? I don't think so. I think they would want him strictly because because they don't have another option right now. Like, Isn't it crazy we're talking about that? Oh, like, yeah. would this team want Tom Brady? That is a question that I would never ask, but it's it was asked a few years back. Yeah. Pat, when, you say this all the time, though, too. Like, doesn't he make that building better? Everything. Like, he makes the organization better. You would assume. Uh, take it up a notch, you would think. If he's there. I guess he missed 11 days in training camp. That's a good call, <laughs> Nicky Nuzini. Yeah, different situation, though. Yeah, and now it's kind of... You know, Tom wants to prove to himself, right, that last year when I played bad, there was so much other shit going yeah. on. How could I have? Yeah. How could I have done anything? This year, I get a chance to go back to full Tom activation mm-hmm. mode, potentially with McDaniels in my ear. The building is going to be run the same way that I expect it to be run, hopefully, for the last 20 years or whatever. I mean, it feels like it's too easy of a fit. Joining us now is a man who might know the answer to this. Will he tell us, though? That's the real question. Probably not. Every single week, we get a chance to chat with this guy with our weekly wrap-up, the Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet. You know him because he's the senior insider for the NFL, the league itself, the channel it owns, and its streaming service, NFL Plus. He's the host of the Insiders, which him, Garofalo, and uh, Pelissero put T-shirts on and talk punditry about their inside information. That's available on the Fast Networks, and you can see him on NFL Network basically all day, every day, wearing pumps. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, Whoa. Oh, we're filming Insiders today. Yeah. You look so cool. What's up, bro? I appreciate it. I was doing a little skiing. I'm go- I got a ski trip after the Super Bowl, so I got to kind of get the legs ready, get oh, prepared. No. So I'm I'm doing some greens and blues today, Pat. I'm getting a little better. Oh, so. we're in the middle of the fucking playoffs, Ian. What are you what are we talking about? What do we even do? You're skiing? What are we? T- the divisional round is just a few days away. You're the senior insider for the NFL. What are you? are skiing? Skiing's for four or five weeks from now, Ian. Not right. We're in the middle of football season. People are dependent Listen, upon us. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And today, I got better. Plus, we broke the Chargers uh, OC news. But anyway, we're getting better at skiing, which is just as important. Okay, got it. So you guys put one on the scoreboard. All right, mm-hmm. we got six, seven hours. Take five. Go learn how to ski so I don't bust my ass after the Super Bowl. <laughs> we appreciate you joining yeah. us in the middle of your ski trip in the middle of football season. Thank you, Rap. Rap, you are the yeah. fucking man. We love you, buddy. I hope you're well. Are you a good skier? You have skied before. This is just warming back up or learning? No, I'm not good. I was a snowboarder for five years, so I'm oh, kind of. This is my so second year learning to ski, and my kids are way, way faster. And it's honestly a little embarrassing. So I gotta get better. Gotta get better. So you, do you have size on them still? Yeah, I mean they're only nine, so it'll be probably at least another year till I'm <laughs> till they're taller than me. So. But isn't that like weight helps you go oh, faster, yeah, right? For sure. Oh yeah, bigger the faster. You should be going faster, shouldn't you? 
I mean, one would think, but the problem is if I go super fast, then I'm just going to fall on my face, and I don't think anybody wants to see me go down on the uh, ski patrol toboggan thing, you know, whatever that is. I don't want that. Oh, that would be sweet. Yeah. They, like, pizza. strap you in, don't they, on that oh, thing? Guys, uh-huh. Yeah, they do. That'd be some good social media content, I would say. He's pizza in the whole way down the mountain. We know that. <laughs> More French fry, pal. You snowboarder and ski? Yeah, skiers stink. St- Tone Ian's worked- awesome. Hey, Tone, Ian's awesome. Tone worked at a ski resort. Oh, yeah. Tone worked at a ski really? Ian snowboard resort. Yeah, it was super cool. Ran the, ran the lift. It was an awesome job. Great job. Wow. Fastest hey, guy on the I, mountain. I, I'll tell you what. When I, uh, when I go on the lift and I see those guys running it, I give a nod. Thanks, bro. Much appreciated. Yep. And they're like, this mark just got on my fucking chairlift. What's up, we, say that, we say that guy's got no chance. Wait for him to fall. <laughs> and then they follow up with, okay, now I got to fucking head on to that guy the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. All right. Actually, those doing? people are the worst because when you fall getting on the lift, that's fine if you fall getting off the lift. But if you fall getting on the lift, like you just fuck up the entire line and everything for everybody. Because you got to back it up. <laughs> yeah, I got to oh, back yeah. it up. Like there, when you, everyone falls jam. getting off, that's fine. Just people just run into each other. But when you're getting on at the bottom, that's the real issue. Okay, is Tom Brady going to be getting on and off of uh, ski lifts for the rest of his life? Or is he coming back to play football? We believe with his actions, especially with the slide tack, tack, uh, tackle thing, slide tackle kick thing to the ankle, felt like Tom Brady still pissed off, still still spirited, still passionate about the game. Does He, he doesn't want to go out like that. Is he playing? And what are your thoughts on where he could potentially play at, at this moment that we're speaking? I'm sure he does not want to go out like that. And I'm sure that right now there's a point of like, all right, this should not have ended this way. The problem that, and I think about this all the time with guys who retire. It almost never ends well. Like, football is awesome, and I love it. But the not great part of it is usually, like, you don't go out in your own terms. You go out when football tells you it's time. And I'm not saying it's time for Brady. I'm just saying he wouldn't be the first to go out when, like, he kind of wishes he could play a little more. Did you guys see the clip of him sort of, like, saying goodbye to the Tampa Bay media corps last night? Yeah, we just as you were getting off the ski lift to get in position to call us here at the clubhouse or the lodge or wherever the hell you are, we ran it. It sounded like when he said hopefully he was about to say something. Like, I think his decision's already been made. Yeah, yeah. I know. He said, like, it was like, hopefully, dot, 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 and then he corrected himself. And, like, the problem is, was he saying goodbye just to that media group? You know, I, I know there's going to be I know there's going to be interest elsewhere. Like the Raiders, we've talked about. I think that's real. The Titans okay. would be interesting. The Jets would be interesting. Um, it's probably only going to be for one year. Um, but then here's the other thing. Let's say that the Bucks make some changes on their offensive staff. I think certainly that's a possibility. Does that make it more likely or less likely for Brady to stay? I know cap wise for the Bucks, it helps dramatically to keep him. Plus, then you can still get Tom Brady. So I know that they would like that. There's a lot of decisions that have to be made. Okay, so Pewter Report, and we're talking to them an hour from now, reported that they're expected to fire Byron Leftwich. Is that the same thing you're hearing? Yeah, I mean, I don't have it that strongly, but if that were to happen, that would not be a surprise. That's sort of been the, the kind of rumor mill in the last month or so. I don't have it that strongly. Yeah. Nobody directly from well, the situation I mean, told me they were yeah, firing him, yeah. but it does feel as if that is going to take place. That's what you said pretty much. Is that accurate? Yeah, well, I don't love to do the, this guy's going to be fired before he's been informed. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay, bad so. form. So I think, I think, plus the other thing is, like, those sense. meetings, those, like, end-of-year meetings, it's tough to know what can come of them. 
You know, so like, I think there is a chance, yes, but I don't know that a final decision has been made. All right, let's talk about some other news around the NFL that has broken this morning. We'll talk about the one that you got on the scoreboard. Offense coordinator for the uh, Chargers, Mr. Lombardi, and also quarterback coach over there have been fired. Is this Spanos telling Staley he's got to restart? Is this Telesco saying he's got to restart? Or is this Staley understanding the situation he's currently in? Yeah, I, I, I think it's Staley understanding the situation he's in. And, you know, this is another one that, like, this felt like it's been coming for the last month or so. And there's so much talent on the offense. I mean, there is so much talent. Line is good. Receivers are great. Quarterback, obviously, is, you know, I think one of the next great, great quarterbacks. And it never felt like, like, it was week 13 or 14. I was talking to a coach, and I'm like, the Chargers' offense identity is what? And honestly, it was tough to figure out, right? I mean, like, it kind of shouldn't be, but it was tough to figure out. And like we talked about whenever that was, like, I never got the sense that Staley was in trouble, but I did get the sense that something had to change on offense because, like, this is a window that's amazing, and you do not want to waste this, like, young, awesome quarterback window. Agreed, and I think that's what their fans are saying too. So hopefully they'll be able to find somebody that's fantastic. Seemingly Chargers out of the running for Sean Payton, then completely we can say. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I don't. I mean, he. I'm sure he would like it, just like I'm sure he would have liked the Rams job. But you know, I don't. I, I don't think that's realistic. Um, and it's it's interesting because like talking about Sean Payton, so he interviewed with the Texans last night. He's got the Broncos. Well, now I think Broncos right now. And he's also got the Panthers. I don't know that the Cardinals one is scheduled yet. So it might just be three. And I don't, you know, trading him in the division seems far-fetched anyway. So it might just be two. D'Amico Ryans has, has four interviews this week while also preparing for Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. How is this a thing? How, how is this a thing? You know, it's bad, but it's like I've thought about all the different options and all the options are bad. The only option that would make sense, which it would be awful for me, which obviously is the most important thing, is to wait until after the Super Bowl and do these hires, but nobody would want to do that because you get behind. Because you got ski trips. Right. Well, look, yes, you do have ski trips, yes. Yeah, but also, can't you do like a speed zoom? We thought about this yesterday, and I don't know if you saw it because you were probably shredding some pal, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably <laughs> shredding so much pal. What's that? No, I was definitely watching. All right, Ian. Listen, <laughs> we don't need it, okay? But you you could have a speed zoom time frame, which is right now during the playoffs. You can even get Zoom to sponsor it. You can fuck. You can get Microsoft Teams to sponsor it. You can get the Google Chime to sponsor mm -hmm. it, and it's like a ten minute get to know person if you want to have an interview after the season ends. So it's only a ten minute expectation as opposed to a fucking full is D'Amico Ryan's doing a full two hour, three hour interview for the head coaching job. And then he's gotta do that again. And then he's gotta do that again. And he's gotta do that again. And he has to prepare for the most important time of the year for the fucking Niners. Like is there not a way that we can make like a, a 10 minute conversation to feel out whether or not you want to have a full interview which happens after everybody's vacations, after the Super Bowl, there's like a two week period, call it the head coaching carousel or cycle period. Like couldn't we just set it up in the calendar that way or you think everybody would cheat? I th <laughs> No, not NFL teams, I don't think they would do that. Yeah, anymore. never. The agents would cook. I understand the agents would cook. But at least there's no obligation for D'Amico Ryans to have fucking nine hours of interviews in the same week that he's got to, you know what yeah, I mean? I mean I, no, no, I definitely know what you mean. And that is the challenge 
every year. And it is, you know, most guys don't deal with this. Problem with D'Amico Ryans is he's a very hot candidate. Yeah. Everybody wants to talk to him. And so, like, they want to talk to him. But just as important, he needs to interview them. Because I think for young, really good coaches, everybody wants the first job they're offered. Rarely do you get the opportunity to be like, I'd rather have this one than this one. But I think D'Amico Ryans really needs to be like, what is best for me? I don't like it. So I don't like it at all. I don't, I, don't, I don't like that D'Amico is forced to take these pretty much if he wants to become a head coach. I think he should be able to say, I'm going to I'm gonna try to beat – Dak Prescott just had his best game that he's probably ever played, and we got a team right now that could go win a Super Bowl. I don't want to do the most important things of my professional career stacked up while I'm also – I don't know. just seems like the NFL is putting these coaches into an interesting predicament in my eyes, but it will probably never change because there's always going to be gaps and holes in that. Let's stick with the Chargers, though, that we're chatting with early before the boys have some questions for you. Joey Bosa is awesome, okay? I love this guy. I love everything. I, I love the way he throws his helmet. Mm -hmm. I like the way mm -hmm. he plays football when he has his what? helmet on. What? I also like the way he talks about a situation in which he feels he got fucked by the officials. He did not hold back. He talked about what he's going to get fined, what's going to happen to him, but they're probably talking shit about getting a personal foul on him. Who knows if that's real or not? If it is, hilarious of the refs. If it's not, okay, appreciate the, the neutrality of it all. But what's going to happen with Joey Bosa? What do you think this leads to? And this is seemingly a growing issue with people speaking out when they usually didn't about the refs. Joey Bosa is not the first one that has said something that normally would never have been heard in the past. A lot more spotlight on these refs now. Are they going to change it and fix it, you think? And does this help with that? So that's kind of where I was going to go. I can never remember public criticism of the refs. I don't know, like, like maybe on one hand, and everyone says, like, oh, I would like to say something, but I would get fine. Like, yeah. this was not that. Micah Parsons was tweeting about the refs, was basically like, I don't care. Like, it is, it has definitely been much more public, much more vocal. I would expect a pretty hard look at the officiating after the season. You know, the, the kind of refs that the NFL has hired has trended younger, trended, like, you know, as former athletes and, like, you know, people who – it used to be like to be like a lawyer whose side job was officiating. I think there's less of that. Now it's more like officials are their jobs, which would open it up to be like, all right, well, maybe full-time officials will be a thing. I would expect them to take a look at that this offseason. And then the other benefit of that Let's go. would be you could, you could like Work. bring them to training camp. Instead of the old retired refs who work training camp, you can have real refs just working all the time and training. I know you ski all the time, but we have a full, I, I don't know how long, maybe a 20-minute breakdown mm -hmm. of every, because you know there's NASCAR pit crews. Have you ever heard about this? Where were we at? Hendrick Motorsport in Charlotte. Charlotte? Yes, I think that's what it was. I think it was Hendrick Motorsport. They have a full campus there. Their pit crew, like, lives on campus. They have uh, five workouts a week. Mm -hmm. they, they have a cafeteria. They have a full thing. They live together. I'm not saying refs have to do that, but it's all ex-college football players that are now doing the pit crew for all their things. Yep. And it's just like a full – it's like training camp. This is real. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. Monsters out there. What did you What did you think? What, what, what do you mean? What was – I thought it was mechanics, honestly. I, know, I mean, I, right? There's a mechanic definitely in there, there a few of them. Oh, yeah. But to move the gas wide and to get to – the, it's like a, it's a big power speed thing. 
So they got ex college yeah. football players there, and they're treating it like training camp. They got a meal place. They got they got a gym and full and weight room, full locker room. They got a full thing. It's like this is smart. This is like. This is smart. This feels like the right thing. I don't know if they live there full-time or just during season, but off of that, we did a full breakdown about you could have these crews, you know, go to, like, fucking seminars together, work together, hang out together, trust fall together, mm-hmm. go work at different OTAs. And course, could you do a ropes course? Any ropes course project, would be great. Be, yeah. Maybe climb that fucking wall. Yep. Maybe go there underneath go. the barbed wire in the mud. Like, they could have a, like, build a team almost so that if somebody's having bad weeks – Fucking out, pull, put somebody else in who's in the pool. You could treat them as like their own fucking team almost, where you have the whole thing. I think, and that'd be a, desi- a it'd be a desirable job too. You get a lot of ex players, <laughs> I think, that would want to do that if they had a full. Co- you know what I mean? I think it's a thing. I think it could be fixed. I, I mean, I think that's a good idea, and I don't know if that particular thing is going to happen. Although I would okay. support it if it did. Yeah. But I do think full-time officials would be a discussion. As far as Bosa, though, yep. I don't know what he said to the official. It does seem that he was frustrated with two things. One, the tackle basically lining up in the backfield, which, like, if you watch it, it happened all the time. And then people holding him and no calls. And I will guess, based on my, let's say, intuition of this situation – but that was not the first time that he had bitched to the refs during that game. Probably every play would be my guess. So I think at some point, when the ref ran up to him to foul him, which you never see, it seems like kind of enough was enough. What'd you say? Um, but, but I mean, like, what? Can you remember that where a ref literally ran up to a player and then find him for what the player said in response? I could not. I um. I remember when what's his face backed his ass up into that okay. guy. What'd you say? What'd you say? You said what? Say it again. Say it. Again. You won't. Yeah, you. Did. Well, <laughs> all right. Mm-hmm. All right. I guess. I guess. You. I asked you to say it. Did you say what I think you just said? You did. And you said I did say it. And then I questioned you again. I said you won't say it again. And you said it again. I had to. What do you want? <laughs> we'll try. Hey Pat, you. I assume at some point you have argued with refs. Is there a magic word where it's like if you say this, you're out of here? Like, is it like baseball where there's one thing where like, oh, man. I think if you, yeah. He didn't say job turkey. He did not. He said. (laughs) No, no, no. No, 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 it's, um, I think, I don't know. I've gotten away with saying a lot of stuff to refs. Like, I, since I'm a kid, I've, I've talked to refs soccer since I'm a little kid. Like, probably shouldn't be talking to the refs. So I've always felt obligated to let them know when I thought it was a good call. I've always given credit for the good call. But also, like, hey, are we going to talk about how that even – how does that even happen? You know, try to keep it light. It's all in the delivery, I think, how you deliver it. Like, me and Sterator, we're talking now, granted, we're both Western Pennsylvania, Paisans, of mm-hmm. course. But, like, I started talking to him just because of how big of a fan I was of him growing up, watching how he handles games and how he handles himself. So, like, there's refs that are good at managing, like, people and communication. And I think they're open to hearing, like, hey, I'm getting fucking held on every single one. They're like, all right, you got it. Okay, you got it. But there's some refs that you can't, like, the vibe is just, like, don't even talk to them. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Need to get those refs out. Need to get those refs out of the game. See, those are the refs that we need no longer in the frame, you see? And then we bring in the ones that are like, oh, I'm a massive part of this game. How I decide to call this game impacts everything, Mm -hmm. everything that's going on. So I think that's a big part. All the refs that we think are good, 
You know, you talk about Gene, you talk about Hockey Lee, you talk about Cleed, yeah. I think is good. The guy the other night with the Bills and the Dolphins, he, I don't know his name, but him saying offsetting personal foul this way, personal foul this way, we fucking move on. When it was a clear ejection could have happened for yeah. a couple of people, like that's a human understanding. That was, a, that was a hilarious sequence, by the way, of who is it? Christian, it was Christian Wilkins, right? It was basically yeah. to Josh Allen, like, all right, I'm going to stand in front of you. We're not going to get involved. We're and then No, Josh he Allen hits like, him. Hold on, Ian. Boom, he hit him, and then Josh blocked you. Oh, no, we're good. Oh, man. I loved everything about this whole situation. Oh, yeah. From beginning, I like Christian Wilkins doing exactly what Christian Wilkins does, getting a shot Mm -hmm. on the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like, that is exactly. And then Josh is like, all right, I'll see you later. Well, Josh, remember, he he and Christian have some. They got some history. They have some history, those two. So Christian doing that to Josh in that moment because it was an interception, awesome. Perfect Christian Wilkins play. Now, on the flip side, perfect Josh Allen response. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. What, dude? Pushes so hard, he loses his balance. He, he thought he was throwing. He thought he was taking – Christian Wilkins was leaving his feet, going to ground mm-hmm. whenever Josh delivered. Like, that was the – it felt like because he fell afterwards. And then them getting into it and almost fighting, like, I love that. Like, yeah. that is – I think everybody in Buffalo loved that their quarterback did that. Did not love that Christian was touching our quarterback, though. So, we have to come fuck – our quarterback can't be the tough guy here. Yep. This cannot be the case. Boom, we go in there. So, I think it was handled perfectly. But those refs are humans, you know? They're not just rule books. Like, they're humans. Like, hey, I can't give you that. I can't give you that. I can give you that. I hear you. You also did that. Like, that's how hockey refs are in the NHL. And I think like yeah. the NFL could get that if they have a full-time thing, but hopefully they'll be able to fix it. And Joey Bosa, I'm excited to hear what happens to him. I think that's going to be hefty. AQ has a question for you, Rap. Ian, let's go back to Arizona. So with the GM search, did you find that as big a surprise as I did? I was in that organization. I thought that they would stay within the organization with Adrian Wilson or Q. And also, where are they at on the head coaching search? Thailand. Okay. Uh, first of all, I was uh, I was not surprised that they went outside. I thought initially they were going to go inside the organization because I think Adrian Wilson and Quentin Harris were very good candidates. Uh, but Monty Austin for I guess interviews very well and built a connection with Michael Bidwell very quickly uh, and kind of like a good personal strong connection. Because so last year he interviewed with the Bears and I heard he was excellent. So I kind of thought he might get that job. Then when he was up for the Cardinals, I'm like, all right, if he interviewed for the Bears so well, his reputation's really good, good history, he's got a real shot. So I basically thought it would be one of the internal guys for him, heard his interview went excellent, and then he ends up getting the job. So as far as their candidates, they got Vance Joseph, internal candidate, would be a very good hire. Um, You know, was head coach at Denver for two years without a quarterback, and it did not go well around him. Um... And then they got Brian Flores coming in to interview. I think that is a very interesting one to watch as well. Uh, They've got Nico, and then they have the Sean Payton request. What I'm going to be interested to see is with Monty coming on board now, do they put more requests in? Or do, like, does he run it? Does the owner run it? Do they run it together? Like, how does that kind of manage? But the interviews are probably going to be starting, my guess, tomorrow. 
Okay, the, somebody, Cecilia Olin just reported that in the next few days they'll probably hire a head coach. Also, they interviewed seven candidates for the GM job. They picked the guy that was potentially a part of trading A.J. Brown away from the Tennessee Titans to the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Fascinated, excited. It's hard not to mention that as soon as it happens because that's seemingly what got old Cuzzy fired in the middle of the season yeah. after he danced on his thing. So I think that is also why you were maybe a little bit surprised. But if it works out, it works out. I think the GM hires, judging them day of, are impossible. Mm -hmm. We have no clue what this person is going to do. Might be the worst in history. Might be able to figure it out with Kyler. We shall see. Connor has a question for you. They're jamming in that place, though. Oh, yeah. Hey, there's some fucking real... Is that live music? Artists. Is that, or is that... No, I, I actually asked them. Like, right, I'm on the third level right now. I'm like, if I go up to the third level, will I be able to hear the music? They're like, no, we don't have speakers up there. I'm like, oh, cool, great. Sound doesn't travel up like heat. Uh-uh. No. That's they the thing, you know? It up. Oh, uh, pretty cool like the lunch room in high school. Off a house? Can it, what's out there? Is that where the slope is and everything? Yeah, you can't really see that. There's the parking lot over there. <laughs> the the Looks like key a, thing is over there. A lot of snow. Very good. Snow. Yeah, not a lot of fresh powder. Fresh powder. Dude. Feels like it was very icy today. Nope. I was going to say snow doesn't make itself, but it actually does. We're doing the best we can in the Northeast, okay? We're doing the best we can. Where are you? Like Vermont or something? No, no, I'm just, I drove like 45 minutes from the house, little mountain near us. Just That's to get not some real. Some Dateline show would say like it was at this moment that ian rapaport's murder stalker found out exactly where he lived mm -hmm. they did the math 45 <laughs> minutes from this exact spot does the whole family ski leah's out there crushing it right now she's she's definitely better than me and the kids are well, especially my yeah. oldest is like really i think is really good and really fast and will probably hurt himself at some point. Hey, why'd you call that guy Kafka yesterday? Because, like, do you ever go to Aspen, Colorado, whenever you ski? And why'd you call him Kafka? Is your name Rob Sheet? Champion? Kafka? Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you said Kafka. You said Kafka. Yeah, Kafka. And you fucked Kafka. me up. Because the next time I said it, I was like, we all know Kafka got uh -huh. an interview, and everybody, mm -hmm. you sound like an asshole. And I'm like, well, How do you know we're not right and they're wrong? Because it sounds terrible. As, as soon as it came out of my mouth, it was like, there's no way that's the right answer. Yeah. Kafka. Broadcast calls him Kafka. That's yeah, it's know. not spelled C-O-U-G-H-K-A, yeah. you know? Kafka. Hmm. <coughs> <coughs> Connor has a question I for can't make candidates, by the way. Oh, <laughs> by the way, so you mentioned, you mentioned the interview process. So the Giants have Wink Barndale and Kafka have interviews. They're doing it Sunday after their game. Okay. So, but now, didn't again, Wink already interview with the Colts? Didn't Wink already interview with the Colts? No. Oh, that's at Sunday after the game. After the game. Back to back to back with other teams that want interviews. Uh, yeah, I think that's usually the way it works. Although, again, that's like fun. if they win, then it interrupts the next week. But it's like, what you know, what do you do? Well, not only interrupts the next week, it's like. You just won the biggest fucking game of the yeah, year. Yeah. Going to the Celebrate NFC Championship. You're the New York Giants. You just won another player. Like, or lost, by the way. So and then you have to like gear up for a personal thing while you knowing you lost. Like, you know. Yeah, dude. I, I, it's a that's a fascinating thing. The NFL right. should make it right for the coaches. <laughs> Couple more questions for you, and we appreciate you taking time away from your family and from falling down a mountain. Connor, your question. Yeah, Rob. Uh, Jay Finley reported this morning that the Commanders are likely to sell by March. Uh, who is the front runner there, and how much is it going to go for? Because we saw the first round of bids. Uh, the number was $6.3 and I believe nobody bid on it. Uh, yeah, so I would agree with the timeline that, you know, the hope is by the March meetings. I think that would be, that would be probably pretty good. That would be what everybody hopes. Um, 
I I will be surprised if it is a number that starts with a six. You know, if there's multiple bidders, and I do not know who is the front runner right now because basically I assume Dan Sack is going to take the most money and we don't know who, who's going to up their bid. I would expect it to be higher than 6-3, though. I would expect something with a 7, and if that's the case, then he has no Damn. chance. Oh, is it Josh Harris, right? They're saying Josh Harris is the guy, the NBC Sports Washington reporter named yes. J.P. Finley. J.P. Finley with an A-Y, yeah. not an E-Y. He, re he reports that Bezos likely out, but door not completely closed. You know why? Because he has more money than every other human. Uh, Josh Harris might be top candidate. Josh Harris, currently owner of Philadelphia uh, 76ers or, and the New Jersey Devils. And oh, then Crystal is. Palace in the EPL. Sorry, not the Philadelphia team. The New Jersey Devils. And then also 5% of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right, but he mm -hmm. does own part of the 76ers as well. So he is... $7.69 billion is allegedly his net worth. Allegedly, not 100% sure. Those internet numbers, we don't know what's true, what isn't true. He's been in the sports games. He, I, I didn't even know this guy exists. We should have known this guy existed. Mm -hmm. Hey, this guy's a fucking dog, bro. This, yeah, guy, yeah. this guy's got yes, some money, is. dude. Is he going to be the guy, or who do we think is potentially coming in? I mean, if he's if he is the guy, I think that would make sense. It would, it would be, I think the Commanders fans would appreciate someone who has experience running franchises before and kind of like knows what they're doing i guess is that i don't know if that's like the nicest way of saying it but uh, i think commanders fans would appreciate it it is a sleeping giant like it is a great brand it is a team that should be better they got some infrastructure there they need to be a lot better in a million different ways and having like an owner who can come in and shape it up and like do everything better like tickets marketing stadium a new stadium would probably help in D.C. Like, Who's paying for that? There. Does the new owner expect it to pay for that? Because let's say I'm buying a house. I'm buying a okay. house, but I'm going to have to do $250,000 worth of work on this thing before I can even move in. Well, it seems like your asking price all of a sudden, just naturally here, is getting deducted that much. Is that what's taking place, that the new owner knows that they're going to have to build a new stadium and in that particular part of the country going to be fucking real expensive to do basically anything? Is that why nobody maybe met the $6.3 bid, or is that why it might be lower than we expect? I actually think it's more valuable, because if you buy the land, and it's actually a complicated, like, I think the public, I'm going to screw this up, but I think the public, the county, owns the land that the original RFK site was on, which I think is the potential spot. So somebody would have, they'd have to figure that where he would buy that back. But if a new owner paid enough to get the land and the, and the team, then they would be able to build like the Patriot place gotcha. and what the Bears wanted to, kind of like the mall. Everything, I mean, that's how, you know, like Stan Kroenke did, that's how you make some money. Yeah, not, not just so some I money. Well, Kroenke fucked up, too, because it can rain in there. Yeah, that, mm -hmm. that he got kind of bad. Wow, those were epic rains, though. That was, those were are. real. Yeah, exists, though. Yeah. Right. It is possible. Was that Kroenke right there saying, tell him, don't even bring up yeah. SoFi? Is that what mouth. he said? Yeah. Or did he send you an email that you didn't answer? Is that the ski instructor? Get your fucking ass back out here. <laughs> Might have been. I was yeah. thinking of taking a lesson today, but said I just rolled on out there and tried oh, yeah. to do yeah. it. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, learn yourself. I like that. Self-taught. Now, if you end up breaking your tailbone, that's on you, not on us. That's right. Ty has a question for you. Yeah, Rap Sheet. I don't know if it was uh, you guys who reported or someone else that Frank Reich is probably going to interview for the Chargers OC job. Uh, do you think Ooh, that, that the sense. allure of coaching Justin Herbert makes that a more attractive job than some of these head coaching jobs? Or like, are they going to attract a really big name to be their OC? Or what do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's a really good job. I mean, I, now 
Frank Reich would make sense. He was there as QB coach, I think, and is a very, like, quarterback-friendly guy, also a great guy, not that that matters. He is a good guy. Um, he is a good guy. Great I think guy. that would be... I think that would be a good hire. Um, and I don't know if they want a, quote, big name or if they want a young name that we don't know. Like, it's it's hard because sometimes, like, like Arthur Smith, who was an awesome OC before he became head coach of the Falcons, was the tight ends coach for the Titans, who, honestly, I had not heard of before he interviewed. So, like, it's hard for us to know who the best OC is. Sometimes we just know the most well-known. If they want a big-name OC like Frank Reich, they will definitely be able to attract it because, like, it's Justin Herbert. That is a great job. Justin Herbert is there. Parks Frazier, too, might yeah, be up there. Patricia. Last question. Floor, uh, last question for a uh, wrap. We appreciate you. Go ahead, Tony. Sticking with the OCs, uh, former NFL offense coordinator, current Georgia offense coordinator. Is Todd Monken getting any uh, – is he have any – want oh. to come back to the NFL? Is he getting any interest in the NFL? Yeah, he is getting some interest. Um, and That's I don't know specifically. Where, but I know he's gotten a bunch of phone calls from teams who were like, all right, if we hire our head coach here, would you be interested? I think he would welcome a return. He has done awesome in college. And I wasn't quite sure why he sort of like needed to, not, I don't know if he needed to go to college, but um, I thought he would stay in the NFL. He did a really good job when he was OC and then obviously went to college and also a really good job. I would not be surprised if he was back in the NFL. Um, I think that would make sense and somebody – We'll probably be happy if he gets hired. Got a new quarterback down there in Georgia. Mm -hmm. New offense coordinator yep. can kind of do his own thing. If he wanted to leave Georgia, not saying sure. he should, that seems like a great place to go about doing business down there in Georgia. Incredibly sad news coming out of there, mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm, the day sure. of the celebration, the championship parade, two folks from their team pass away. Very, very sad. Uh, AQ has a follow-up in Arizona. He, he wrote this down while you're giving an answer <laughs> about something else. because he He can write? He, I can write. That it, was shocking. Hey, Holy it can write. Shit. It can write. What? It was uh, just a follow-up here from Arizona, I think. So the new GM in Arizona, will he keep Adrian Wilson, Quentin, mm. and all of the other, you know, scouting staff personnel on staff, or is he going to bring his own people? Uh, I don't know the firm answer to that. I their Their reputation is very good. I also don't know if they would want to stay if somebody was hired over them. Sometimes that happens. Usually what teams do, usually, is keep the guys who have been scouting through the draft because they have all the info and then make decisions after the draft. So I would be, you know, things happen, but I would be surprised if anything happened before the draft. But we will see. Uh, last question here from me. Thielen, he's done as a Viking, huh? It's over? Damn. I don't know about that. There's contractual things that you can do, pay cut. I mean, there's other things. Uh, definitely looks... Hey, it's a little bit different. There's different things that Thielen can do. Yeah, yeah. Hour and half. You know, hmm. he he was he's gotten a little older. Still very good. But got oh older. no, I think he understands. I think his whole family understands. They're from Minnesota. Their family is full of Vikings fans. Yep. Justin Jefferson. They're going to have to pay Justin. Je I mean, that is something that's going to have to happen. Thielen's still got a lot of great football left, though, so he should yeah. still want to go and get it. And if he ends up at a place like I don't know. Maybe the Packers. The oh. The Patriots. The Bears. Thank you, AQ. New England. New England. The Patriots, the Packers, the Colts, no. obviously, coming to Indianapolis. Huh? Who's throwing them the ball, though? How about T.Y.? How about T.Y.? Which is not even, we don't even need to, we don't even talk about it. How about T.Y.? He's balling right now, all right? Mm -hmm. He is balling. Let's go. That's awesome. Cool. He got another $100,000 last night because of something. Yeah.
Just keep racking in that money, baby. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate you so much, Rap. Stay on your skis out there, pal. Uh, I will try. Thank you, guys. Back to the clubs. Oh, so cool. Rappaport. Yeah, Back to the slopes. The man who's the face of it in the state of Ohio. He's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup champion, a COVID survivor, father of 10. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Hall. Yeah. Yeah. AJ, how about last night? The Cowboys. I thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were going to cover, getting two and a half at home. Tom Brady, two and a half at home in the playoffs with the lead up and the kickoff show, showcasing all of his highlights and him having 35 playoff wins. More wins than some franchises have had. Whenever the lights are the brightest, that's when Tommy plays his best football. As I was watching, Watching the warm-ups, I'm like, I'm a genius. Of course the Dallas Cowboys should beat the shit out of this Buccaneers team that snuck in the back door of the playoffs and have not played well all year. But as they were showing highlight after highlight after highlight of Tom and the playoffs and everything he's accomplished, I said, I'm a fucking genius. That game started. Dak didn't look great immediately, but I'll tell you what, he fucking bored it on. This Cowboys team, seemingly for real, beat the shit out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You expected this, I believe. What did you see last night, A.J. Hawk? I don't know if I expected it to be such a route like it was. I, I, okay, I wanted to ask you, though. When did you officially say, okay, Tampa Bay is not going to win this thing? Half How time. long did it take you? Uh, half time, first, really? Yeah, I think it was like right after half. I think it was third quarter. I had a tweet. Okay, so I guess I shouldn't say really believed. Because in the middle of the third quarter, I had a tweet that said, wow. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady stink at football. Mm-hmm. This is not fun to watch. Obviously, this Dallas team deserves more respect. But there's no way this is going to be Tom Brady's last on-field football that he's going to let us see. Had that tweet sent out. Almost sent it. And I was like, 27 zip the other night, Trevor Lawrence. Tom Brady right now. They score that touchdown. Then all of a sudden, "Ah, can they do it? I guess they could. Need a turnover, need a quick three. So there was, I think we're still holding on hope because of old Tom Brady, the Tom Brady that we're used to seeing. But there was a point, I think, fourth quarter, maybe late third, where it was like, nah, this has got to be, this is over. They fucking suck. Not enough possessions left. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and yeah, I guess just the whole time you you ask yourself, Mick, can you imagine like what if Tom does it again? What like you can never count him out. And then I guess yeah, as the fourth quarter goes, and you see kind of how they're playing, like just a lot of like short intermediate routes, checkdowns, things like that. Everything just seemed super difficult for them offensively to do anything. And obviously, Micah Parsons wrecks the whole game. The whole D line plays great. The Cowboys are they're rolling right now. Big Mike's dancing. I think it's a uh, it's a good time to be a cowboy. So we have that video of Big Mike dancing in the locker He's room. Awesome. Yeah. He's got a big chain on, and obviously we do believe Mike McCarthy has focused on football and nothing else. And he starts, vi- uh, hey, Ooh, what? Yeah. what? Look at, what Don't is let that? me get hot. I love it. Don't let me get hot, Donner. All right? <laughs> what? What, dude? What a fucking legend. Yeah. Uh, this this oh. locker room loves Big Mike, you're assuming? Yeah, I think so. And I think, like, Big Mike loves these kind of things, even though he's probably, like, uncomfortable and, like, oh, I'm not going to dance like all those other coaches. They always do it after, after games. <laughs> he probably was just feeling it. He just loves it. He loves his guys. He knows that they will get a kick out of that, and he's probably really excited. They got a road win. Why not? Oh, what, 93 was the last one? Is that right? Yeah, 92, 93 or whatever. Yeah, Michael Irvin, Troy Aikman. Yeah. Saw a lot of them about the last time it took place, and obviously yeah. a lot of buzz around last night. And seven straight games, Dak Prescott, has a pick last night, has his best night as a Dallas Cowboy, is what Jerry Jones said. So when the lights and the pressure was the loudest, fucking Dak showed up. I think that's a big night for Dak Prescott last night against Tom Brady, even though it 
Schultz had two walk-in touchdowns. He wasn't even touched. Yeah. So, like, Kellen Moore called an incredible game. Dak performed well. Tony Pollard is such a weapon alongside Zeke. T.Y. Hilton's going to end up being a weapon for them for third downs. Seems like him and Dak have a good trust and a feel for each other, even though they missed that one deep ball late on third and ten, I think, or third yep. in nine. It's his best night. I'm fucking happy for this guy, dude. I am, too. I like this play, too. I, I like the call going for it. You go for it. The fake is nice. It takes some courage to turn your back like that and sell that fake for Dak, too. But, man, what a what a gutsy call. I think it was the right call to make, obviously, because they got it. But, yeah, I'm happy for Dak as well. Yeah, I think that's uh, – they were running him out of town. Oh, yeah. Weren't oh, yeah. they? They hated oh, yeah. him. I mean, they will. if he plays bad next week, they'll try to run him out of town. That's just how it is. Now, there's the conversation. Next week, we got Michael Parsons playing football, and we got Nick Bosa. Playing football. Now, Trent Williams taking on Micah. Who's got Bosa? They had Jason Peters at left tackle. And no, Jason, right. Jason Peters exited the game yesterday with a hip injury, moved Tyler Smith yes. back mm -hmm. to out to left tackle. Who's which is right where tackle? All That's where Bosa lines up. Bosa usually lines up on this side, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Right tackle's Tyron Tyre Tyre Smith. Smith. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a Hall of Famer. So we got yeah. good on. The, the, we got, we got good on good. This is in the um, in training camp. You ever go to training camp? They got one on ones happening. The ones to go see are obviously offensive line and the wide receivers. Now linebackers and run running backs are just going to run their faces into each other. Hell yeah. Okay, that's what they're going to do. It is kind of boring to be honest. You see the same. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You see one. You see them all. It's terrible, probably. Yeah. I don't know if it's boring. It's probably fun to watch guys end their careers and knock themselves out. Okay, practice. so that, well, there's obviously yeah, that. Yeah. But the O-line and the D-line, more specifically tackles and edge rushers going at it on one-on-ones, worth a stop in training camp and watch if you got two guys. Anthony Costanzo and Robert Mathis was must-watch during the middle of training camp. I, I would assume Costanzo hated fucking every second of it. I assume he was not happy that this was happening because it would a crowd would come because Robert Mathis now, literally on an island with Costanzo, can work on any move that he wants to work on. And old Trent talked about going to San Fran and Bosa basically making him a lot better, right? Isn't that whole conversation? Absolutely. I mean, they do. I mean, it's you get to see the best pass rusher every day in practice for a month. It only sharpens your game. So what I'm saying for... Television purposes, though, not a bad thing. I know it's hard not to just follow the ball, you know, the whole time when you're watching. I would assume there's going to be some real chess happening between – we're watching four of the fucking – They move these guys around too, though, especially Micah. Micah can be anywhere on the oh, field, yeah. basically, and, and still blitz. Obviously, Nick Bosa, they still move him around some as well. So Yeah, they're going to be – Takes everybody. Yeah, takes I them think all. so. The Micah change – why is he – how come there's only one Micah, it feels like? Even I like mean, as a rookie last year, it was like, nah, this, this dude's yeah, different or yeah, whatever. Had him lined up at Mike, right? First couple games yep. of his rookie career. Yeah, he was lost. And now he's just kind of everywhere, right? He just plays mm -hmm. everything. He just he moves so, like, how he moves, how he runs. Obviously, we know, like, what crazy, crazy off-the-chart speed, but also explosiveness, quickness, and he just it's kind of unorthodox. How he moves, don't you think? It's just kind of weird. You can never really get a beat on I feel like, because he, he just feels like he – he obviously has a lot of moves that he likes, but he also is so good and has good instincts and uses hands. Like he just he's unblockable, it seems like. And he has a motor, right? Like that's the yeah. that's the thing that really if the Von Millers of the world, the 
every great pass rusher that you just thought of or anybody that gets to the quarterback, it's their motor because some guys take plays off. Let's just call it what it is. Some people, you know, a little bit tired, not in good enough shape or not, whatever the case, they take some plays off. Those guys that never miss a potential opportunity because they're going hard every fucking play, normally going to show up in the stat sheet a lot more than everybody else. Micah's got a motor from every position. He is, he's fly, he's in the camera every single fucking play. It is something, I don't know if you could teach it, and he's part of your cult, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Always been like that when he was playing in college? He was fucking, he had to kill he's kids in college. Yeah, I, I remember whenever, you know, he signed with Penn State, that was like a huge, huge, huge deal. And then, but he was coming out as a pass rusher, and then they played him at middle linebackers. Everybody was like, well, what, did we just waste? Like, what, what, I mean, he had a great career, don't get me wrong, but like, I think pass rush is where he needs to be, and that's been proven at this next Penn State level. put him in Mike? Oh, yeah, he played mm -hmm. off the ball. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At Penn State, he was in the middle middle back. So that's why Dallas yeah. played him. Yeah, there. that's why he right. started there. Yep. Oh, my God. College, yeah. you put him on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they missed an opportunity there. Yeah. I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think they missed an opportunity there. All right, joining us now is a man who has covered the Buccaneers for 28 years. Jesus. Hey, that's real deal. There's some tough times. Sure. That's a long time. That's knowing a history. You're right, Tone. Yeah. That's being yeah. through some shit with a team. Obviously getting to experience some highs, some lows, some stories, some what? what? And what? then all of a sudden we're back on top with Tom Brady, a man who's going to chat about the future, hopefully, and what we saw last night with Micah absolutely wrecking that game. Part of the Pewter Report revolution. In his 27th year covering the Bucks, appearances also on WFLA News Channel 8 and WDAE. 95.3 FM. Ladies and gentlemen, Scott Reynolds. Yeah, How are we doing, guys? What's so, up, Pat? AJ? Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing better than the Buccaneers today. They, 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 they did have uh, you know, quite the butt-whipping last night uh, in that, that playoff game. And uh, I, I thought Tampa Bay might have a chance just because the last time we saw the starters, you know, they finally hit that 30-point mark against the Carolina Panthers, winning the division. And I know they had to sit some starters out and rest them up in Week 18, but you just hope that Mike Evans and Tom Brady had rekindled that connection. We saw them connect for three touchdowns against the Panthers, and it didn't materialize last night. Uh, the, the Bucks offense reverted back to form, and uh, as we reported on PeterReport.com, it's going to cost Byron Leftwich's job as the offensive coordinator. This offense has regressed from scoring 30 points per game pretty much the last two years to 18.4 this year. And we saw, you know, at halftime, they're down 18-0. They trailed 24-0 in the third quarter and just not enough offense for, for the Buccaneers this year. This was amazing. Scott, fucking Literally, how are you doing? That's what I asked. Better yeah. than the Bucs punchline. Bang! <laughs> And then I'm going to break down the whole fucking game. <laughs> yeah. Scott, that was remarkable. 28 years? Well, I appreciate that. No yeah. problem. Thank that you. Was... That's what we do at Peter Report. We break it down, Pat. Hey, no, Thanks for having me on. Hey, no, thank you for joining us. That was remarkable. You did break the Byron Leftwich news earlier. Uh, is that because that's expectation? And I should know more about your guys' relationship. You've been covering for 28 years. I assume you have direct links in the building. Was this expected? What did they have to do for Byron not to get fired? Or was last night kind of the tipping point of it all on prime time in the playoffs? This, this has been a long time coming. Uh, you know, Todd Bowles, when he got the head coaching job, that happened on March 30th, right? This is when Bruce Arians stepped down suddenly. And, and Byron Leftwich was... 
you know, was was in consideration why for the that, Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey Scott, why'd that happen? Right? Why'd that happen? We were like, Bruce just wanted to hand mm. team off to his friend whenever they were still good. Is that what happened? That that is a mystery I have yet to to crack. Oh, we um, all know. Okay, I, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying. I mean, there's there's a lot of moving parts there for sure, right? But what we do know is is that the Todd Bowles inherited the Bruce Arians coaching staff. Now he had coached with these with these other coaches, right? But he's on the defensive side of the ball, and these offensive coaches are you know they're on Bruce's side of the ball. So um, when, when you when you look at, at the timeline, March 30, that's two weeks after the start of free agency, right? So Todd Bowles didn't really have a, a hand in any free agent signings. That was at the time still Bruce Arians and Jason Light. So Todd then has some say in the draft, but but by March 30th, if he wanted to make any coaching changes, it's too late. Guys are already committed to college coaching staffs. Uh, they're already under contract on NFL teams. So he couldn't do any tinkering there. And at the same time, too, Tinker. this offense was was pretty dynamic for a couple of years. But I think what, what started to, to happen, and, and I, I even called – you know, Byron Leftwich, uh, I, I said that he got exposed this year early on. Oh. oh. And, and um, I got some feedback from inside the building saying that, that I was right. And, and my premise was, Whoa. and it ended up playing out this way, the Buccaneers out-talented the, the opposition, right? You've got a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Tom Brady, the best mm -hmm. at pre-snap reads, determining where he wants to go with the ball before the ball is even snapped, looking at those, at those matchups, right? Mike Evans, future Hall of Fame wide receiver, thousand yard wide receiver, and Chris Godwin, Sorry. a future Hall of Fame, uh, well, I should say a, a Hall of Fame credentialed receiver, um, you know, a bit of a jackass, and Antonio Brown. Oh! And, and then you've got a future Hall of Famer. You got a future Hall of Famer in, in Rob Gronkowski, a tight end. Those are four weapons that defenses can't take away. You can take away one or two, maybe three. Tom's going to find the extra guy. And so I think they simply out talented the rest of the league for those two years in 2020 and 2021 with a great offensive line this, this year at pro bowl left guard, Ali Marpet retires, Rob Gronkowski, hall of famer retires. Uh, we, we saw what happened to Antonio Brown. He did the piece out, you know, at the end of the 2021 season. And, and then you lose Ryan Jensen, your pro bowl center, right. Tough. Um, on the second day training camp. So you, you've lost so many huge pieces, right? The protection for Tom Brady up front. Uh, then you, you look in, into the fact that I know I'm, I'm speaking AQ's language here, but Donovan Smith had a fantastic year in 2021, his best year. This year, it's been one of his worst. And, and it's, it has it kind of snowballed. And so what you need is you need an offensive coordinator that can figure things out. They can get creative, right? And it just didn't happen this year in Tampa. Go ahead, AJ. Scott, I don't even know this, but AB is actually back in the news a little bit if you check your phone, <laughs> you check the internet. He's, he's out there, some non-football-related <laughs> stuff. But as far as Tom Brady yeah. goes, what's good. Tom's plan? Is there any chance oh, Tom sorry. comes back to Tampa Bay? If not, where do you think he plays? Do you think he plays? You know, I, I listened to the show earlier. I'm a big fan of the show, guys. And, and I think you're spot on, Pat, and, and, uh, and the rest of you. I think Tom Brady's not done. Right. He said his he said his goodbyes to the Tampa Bay media for this year, because I don't think Tom knows what the future holds even for himself. I think he is taking it day by day. If Byron Leftwich gets fired as we as we expect him to, probably later today, he's going to be interested to see who that offensive coordinator is going to be in Tampa before he commits to coming back to the Buccaneers. But I think 
I think Tom does not want to go out like that. And and now that Tom is divorced, he doesn't have to answer to Giselle. And he oh. can make his own decisions, right? He doesn't have to check in to see if he can play football again. And and I think that's freeing for Brady. The relationships he's built in Tampa with the ownership, with Joe Glazier, with Jason Light, the general manager, those are deep, meaningful relationships. He loves playing for Todd Bowles. Both Bowles and Brady wanted to run the ball more this year. AQ, you're exactly right. In the Bucks Super Bowl season, all was not right when they were 7-5. and five. It wasn't until they committed to running the ball. You look in the playoffs, those four playoff games, they averaged about 126 yards per game. In the regular season, they're averaging about 95, right? Oh, yeah. That balanced offense, the play action, helped keep this Buccaneer offense clicking at 30 points per game in, in the, the postseason, got in the Super Bowl ring. They wanted to run the ball more this year. Started off okay in Dallas with 127 yards for Fournette in week one. It never materialized this year. And Leftwich didn't have any answers once the talent shrunk on this team. And I think he got exposed. Who's OC coming in? Billy O'Brien? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, possibly. You know, the, the Brady connection is there, right? Obviously. Well, that's what you would I've, want, right? You would want some, if you wanted Tom to come back, which Todd Bowles yeah. does, right? Ownership does, not only because the dead cap situation, but because it's Tom Brady and yeah. was, you've seen the upside of Tom Brady. So sure. you think Tom Brady maybe has a say in who's potentially, if Byron Leftwich is fired, which you are reporting, we as, you've been covering the Bucks for 28 years. We assume you're 100% right. But is Brady a part of that hiring process? Is that a part of the free agency process, you think? How does that work? I don't think he's part of the hiring process. I think that will be Todd Bowles' call with Jason Light getting involved in that decision too because this is a big decision, right? Um, I don't think Brady's going to have to sign off on the hire, but I think Brady will be curious about who that is for sure, right? Bill O'Brien's certainly a name because he's worked with, with Brady before in New England. Also, Jason Light was up there too as part of the Patriots organization. It makes a lot of sense if O'Brien does not go back to New England, a name that I've thrown out that I would love to see just for my own personal sake. Um, <clears throat> Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin was the, the wide receivers coach here under Dirk Cutter, was the offensive coordinator for a couple of years. Remember that, that Ryan Fitzpatrick game? The season opener back oh, yeah. in, what, 2018? Oh, yeah. 48-41. Oh, yeah. Oh, going toe-to-toe yeah. -to -toe with, with uh, Drew Brees. Munkin was calling the plays. Matter of fact, uh, Fitzpatrick opened that season with three 400-yard passing games. It's an NFL record. So where I think Munkin makes a lot of sense is he's got allies in the building. Uh, Todd Bowles' son, uh, Troy, is going to be a linebacker at Georgia. So <laughs> Todd Bowles knows Todd Munkin. And I, I agree with Egan Rappaport. I think that, that after winning two national championships and going perfect this year, Todd Munkin's making $2 million a year uh, as the OC in Georgia. What else is there to accomplish, right? I think he might want to get back in the league. What I like about Munkin, Pat, is and AJ, is he's worked for a defensive-minded head coach in Kirby Smart. He's he's opened up his mind to all of mm. the, the, the the creativity in the college ranks, right? So he's got the pro experience, the pro background. Mm. He's got some new ideas that he's learned at the college ranks. And he's learned because you got to run the ball in the SEC, right? You got to run the ball at Georgia. That's RBU. That's running back U. He's he's been a pass first coach who's married the run game very successfully. Just wow. ask TCU. Here we okay. go. Oh, okay. Hey. Heard six to midnight there from in Trench's house whenever you were talking our language there, pal. AQ, your question for Scott, who I would like to say, Scott, whenever you said something about Donovan Smith earlier, there was a wide shot on our show of AQ going, 
the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. So that's going to be gift probably. Mm-hmm. It was because of an answer you gave, but that's okay. the expected response from former teammate and coach of Donovan Smith, AQ sticking, Just sticking up for my guy a little bit. But hey, No, no, hey, listen, I, I love Donovan Smith. Don't get me wrong. Donovan went through a, 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 you know, a hell of stuff off the field this year, and that affected his play. I, I hope Donnie rebounds because, again, oh, yeah. and, and, and you saw it, AJ, uh, you know, AQ, his, his play – it, it really from the bye week on in 2020, right? And then last year it was, it was phenomenal. Out. Lights out. Yeah, phenomenal. phenomenal. This year, phenomenal. lights out. It's, it's been anything but. Phenomenal. You know. Agree. Okay, so let's. Much of the talk in Tampa has been offensive side of the ball for coaching staff yeah. stuff. I correct me if I'm wrong here, but none of these guys coached in New York with Todd Bowles. I don't think. Correct. Caldwell yep. left and went to Jacksonville, so he's out of the That's question. Correct. Casey yep. Rogers is the only holdover, I think, from right. New York. Are you expecting the same amount of turnover on the defensive side as you're on the offensive side, or where do you see that side of the ball going? I'm expecting more on the offensive side than I am the defensive side, right? Oh. And like, like, look at a, a player like Larry Foote, for example, who who played, you know, that one last year under Todd Bowles in Arizona before becoming a coach. And, and uh, you know, Todd Bowles didn't have to name him a co-defensive coordinator along with Casey Rogers, but he did. So I think there's a lot of, of admiration for Larry Foote in the building. And uh, I just expect more on the offensive side than I do on the defensive side. You, you look at, 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 you know, the 21 points uh, per game threshold, right? Todd Bowles' defense, because he was the play caller this year, even though he had co-defensive coordinators, he called the plays. The Buccaneers uh, only allowed 21 points. Or I should say, they held a, a team to 21 points or less 10 times this year. That's that's pretty good. You're going to win a lot of games in the NFL if you do that. And the Bucks were seven and three in those games. Conversely, on the other side, they only scored 21 points or more six times on mm. the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, that's not good so, stats. It, those aren't good stats. I'm not a big stats not. guy, Scott. But hashtag stat I'm, that. Those I'm not either. But that's a pretty good one, right, Pat? And and so. Hell yes. They were three and three in those games, right? And so I, I just, Todd Bowles' defense was good enough for them to win this year, you know. And we were just talking about Tom Brady. I'll, I'll, I'll bring you know two things back around to that conversation as it pertains to Todd Bowles and this offensive coordinator hire that he's going to make. Number one, I think Brady. He went through a divorce this year, right? And and that was very public and very painful. This organization stood by him every step of the way, okay. right? You need 10 days off, Tom, take 10 days off. You you want to go up to Robert Kraft's wedding and see your son Jack up in New York on a Friday before the Steelers game? Go do that, right? When when Tom has wanted some, some veteran free agents signed, Jason Light's been very accommodating. This level of trust doesn't happen everywhere across the NFL. The grass isn't always greener on the other side. Just look in Denver, for example, right? I'm sure Broncos fans were excited for a minute about Nathaniel Hackett coming as an offensive guy, the trading for Russell Wilson, let's ride, you know? Hell and then all of a sudden, yeah. right? I mean, fast forward a couple months and, and it's it's been blown up there. So just because we can sit there and, and kind of connect the dots on paper doesn't mean it's going to turn out that way. I don't know that Tom Brady wants to go to the Raiders where they've got a worse defense, a worse offensive line, a, a worse winning track record, right? The, the Bucks have been in to at least the playoffs the last three years. And if you go out there w- with Josh McDaniels, you're going to be going up against the Kansas City Chiefs buzzsaw twice a year. 
Not to mention Justin Herbert twice a year. That's not an easy division to win. Tough division. You know, you look at the NFC South. If Brady comes back, there's going to be some tweaks to the coaching staff and, and, and the roster. You have to probably pencil in the Buccaneers as the NFC South favorites again. Yeah, That's an sneak, automatic trip to the playoffs. Sneak in, lose by 30. Yeah, yeah. simple. You know I mean? That's NFC right. South. <laughs> you know bad. what I mean? That is, it's yeah. a great division to just sneak in because there was times where we thought three out of the four teams of some divisions were going to make it into the playoffs. And I yeah. think they're going to expand the playoffs at some point. We all assume. We assume that there is a chance that three teams in one division will go in the near future. But mm-hmm. it does – certainly behoove you to go to a, a division where it's not that great. Right. Mm-hmm. Because who knows, if you can just get healthy at the right time and get into the playoffs, you can right. go. That's why everybody thought the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be the team this year because Tom Brady is Tom Brady. It hasn't right. been Tom Brady all year, right? Have you guys felt that? It, this isn't the same Tom? No. It, because of it everything going on Tom. off the field, yeah? But because of that, and also, too, just, just losing some of those weapons, the offensive line issues up front, right? I mean, How about off the field, though? How about off the field, like dealing with them – in like the because the local folks and I know Pewter yeah. Report I believe is credentialed so you oh, have yeah. somebody in the For building. Sure. Is it yeah. like day to day? Did you acknowledge? Did it feel like oh this is a different Tom Brady than previous it, it Tom did, Brady's? It, it did up in, up until he publicly announced his divorce. It was final, and and then you it just seemed like. He exhaled and and kind of became more at least publicly. We only get the guy for you know eight to ten minutes a week right up at the podium. Uh, but it seemed like at the once that happened right around after the the Ravens game, you know the Seahawks game, that seemed to be old Tom in terms of his personality and and his interactions with the media. He seemed he's playing still. Yeah, you, you know, yeah, I I think he is playing. I think he's playing, and and I think there's a chance he comes back to Tampa. I really do. I look around the landscape, and you know, he's talked about wanting to stay on the East Coast because that's where his kids are in that time zone. Uh, you know, if Giselle and the kids are in Miami, that's a that's a 30, 45 minute private plane ride. Perfect you know, down, amount, down too. South. Like, it's what, yeah. it's like four hour trip. How long is the drive there? Five hours, four hours? It's longer than it should be. It's about four hours. But yeah, it, you got to go distance. through the Everglades. That's yeah. a good distance, yeah. it feels yeah. like. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we've been judging it all wrong, assuming he's going to the Raiders. Maybe he does appreciate what the Buccaneers have done for him through all of this. We shall see. We can't thank you enough for joining us, sir. We will continue to read the Pewter Report. P-E-W-T-E-R-R-E-P-O-R-T. Boom. You got it. Boom. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks appreciate so much, you. Pat. Scott Reynolds. Yes, go! AJ, I know you were going to ask a question there, but I wanted to get to mm-hmm. our conversation about Scott Reynolds quick enough. Yes. Uh, I asked that guy how he's doing, gave a full breakdown of the game. <laughs> that guy's fantastic, yeah. huh? Dog. He's awesome. He is. He's dialed in. He sounds great, too. Good mic. Guy's got mm-hmm. some great pipes. 20, he doesn't look like he's old enough to be covering a team for 28 no. years. No. Like Her- he must be on that Herb Street you know, routine. Oh. Herb Street's yeah. been on TV wanna... for 27 years. He looks like he's 25 years right. old. Yeah. It's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Some guys just have that capability. I'm aging. We talked yesterday – Turn into a prune right in front of everybody's eyes, like an actual, <laughs> like a testicle of a 70-year-old with what? my face. And it's like, uh, you know, I'm trying to combat that a little bit. But some guys have the capability of being able to look young. He's also down there in Florida. Vitamin exactly. Yeah, that's right. yeah, he's in nice weather all the time. Sun down there. He had a little Christopher Walken in him. Like. What he was talking or just? Yeah, both while he's talking. In he buried a couple people there. He did. He did. Yeah. Oh, they yeah, paid a jackass. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Buried um, Donovan Smith. Yes. He's, he's a good player. He's not played good this year. I mean, oh. that, that's a job, though, of, you know, a lot of local media and reporters and pundits. That's the revolution. I appreciate you sticking up. It is the revolution of the Pewter Report. I appreciate you sticking up for your guy there, though. 
have to. That's what the O-line community is all about. Is it? I thought you guys were about finding ribs and cheap yeah, shots. That's right. Chips and ribs. Yeah, I thought that's what you guys were about. Ice cream. Close-knit camaraderie, find ribs. <laughs> it's saying, my head hurts. How do people wear hats all the time? Like, how are you wearing a hat? How do you wear a hat? All- I have is it a- too tight? I think it's this allegedly fits my head perfectly. Allegedly. Yeah, it lasts your lifetime, I thought. It doesn't look too tight. And if you treat that hat right, that hat will last you a lifetime. <laughs> Fucking right, pal. Sitting high and tap. This thing was a gift from the city of Arlington, the wolf down there, my man. Oh, wow. yeah. But this was to celebrate the Cowboys getting a big win. You think they're going to win the NFC? I don't know, man. If they play like they did last night, you got to give them a chance. Does Tampa stink? Yeah. I think Tampa is not nearly as good as people thought they would be this year. Ty, go on. It was almost like a bye week last night for Dallas. It felt like as we were watching the game, but that could be because how good Dallas was playing. But then as you're watching it, it's like, does Tampa stink stink? Like, is this team just not good at football and shouldn't be in the playoffs? Which then leads to the, should every champion be in the playoff conversation? Like, those are all the thoughts you're having while you're watching this. I don't want to say... It was an ass-beating just unfolding oh, yeah. right in front of us. Very clearly, all three phases, it seemed, except for in the kicking extra points game. Yeah, I mean, the the Cowboys were definitely impressive, but I think that was more indicative of, like, the, the Bucks just suck. They're just not – they're just not supposed to be playing in the playoffs this year. It seemed like every single time Dak completed a pass, there's nobody within, like – 25 yards of his I mean you talked about Dalton Schultz like every time he got that he was just fucking killing him and every time he got the ball there's just no one around him like they just had their way with him and even I mean you mentioned the third quarter like I, I was at halftime was like this isn't the the Jags Chargers game like the Cowboys are not losing this game they might that beat been, by 50 hey, that would have been a cool way to wrap up Super sure. Wildcard Weekend Unreal. with how with how Wildcard Weekend went if last night would have became a game late that would have been yeah, Brady comeback yeah. spectacular. I think. What were you gonna say, Tom? Bucks are uh, the worst against the spread team to ever make the playoffs. They were four twelve and one. Now they're four thirteen and one on the season. And that's because who? Say it, Tom Brady. Overrated. Whoa, Tony. Well, I guess this season Whoa. you could say that Correct. was the case. That is the number. That is mm-hmm. literally what that number states. <laughs> but because of how I feel, just like last night, all the way up until last night, you watch that game last night. I picked Tampa. Oh, yeah. All the way up until last night, just because it's Tom Brady, I'm just like, yeah, it's Tom Brady. Tom Brady will be able to figure this out. Tom Brady's going through a divorce and lawsuits, and there's crypto stuff going on, and now he's missing walkthroughs. This isn't the same Tom. Nah, same human in there. Okay, is he still eating avocado ice cream? He has got it. Still going with Tom. And that's what the books did. That's what the books knew people would do. Yep. Just because we have so much faith in what Tom Brady is, that's why I feel like it's going to be very difficult for Tom to not want to make right you know, with his entire mm-hmm. brand that he has built of being just a fucking guy. Yeah, and to your point, yeah. like, during the game, not really being sure. Like, Sorry, AJ. Yes, my mm-hmm. bad, AJ. But even when it was, like, 24 nothing, I was like, oh, okay, so the door's still open because if they score, you know, touchdown, two-point, touchdown, two-point, touchdown, two-point is a tie game. And there was part of me that felt like that was going to happen. But to Dig's point about that record, they haven't been good all year. Like, the year they won the Super Bowl when AQ was there, like you said, they were 7-5, and five, but then they came on after strong. The yeah, after the bye. And it was like, oh, okay, they're kind of hitting their stride here. And that just never really happened uh, for them at any point this year where they played like a great game. Even that game that uh, Scotty mentioned, you know, against the Panthers, it was 21 to 10 going into the fourth quarter against the Panthers when their offense finally clicked. Like they were getting killed. Had to have three very deep balls. Exactly. Just Mike Evans running go balls. And they actually almost hit on one when they got that onside kick last night. But there just was never a moment during this season or last night where it was like, okay, this is the buck. 
Bucks team of old that we know that can go on and win the Super Bowl. It's a shame, AJ. It is. It's a damn shame. They just never were. They were never in sync. Never on the same page. I think like it illustrated it last night. I don't know. I believe it was in the second half, and Troy even mentioned they replayed it. Mike Evans like ran up the seam. Mm-hmm. He kind of like pivoted inside in, in like the little hole where you would think, okay, Tom could hit him possibly, and then he wheeled back and went the other way on the outside of the hash. And even Troy's like, "Where's he going? Where are you going, bud?" And Tom had thrown it right to where he kind of pivoted back, and yeah. That, it seems like that's happened all year, though. Yeah, it looked like it was like week four, week three miscommunications taking place and misses happening, you know? Oh, yeah. Like whenever he uh, – down on the goal line or on the two-yard line, he throws that pick uh, to curse. Yeah. Like he was expecting, I think, backside 12, I think it was, to go actual to post. Godwin on the end. Maybe 17 is who he thought. Yeah, 17 potentially. Oh. I think is who he saw. Is that Gage? I think he mm. thought maybe he's going back over top. I don't know. I don't know. Like that's a miscommunication that doesn't happen to teams that are humming, and also like Tom Brady. Yes. You know, like this is—it's just an interesting. It's a very interesting dynamic watching it all take place. But massive congratulations to the Cowboy, yeah. AJ Hawk. Did you hear what Joey Bosa said? We talked to Rapport a little bit mm-hmm. about it, but we need to dive in. Let's run this clip of Joey Bosa chit-chatting about the call that he got pissed off about, and inevitably a personal foul, which led to a two-point conversion happening where Trevor Lawrence skies, and then they hit the game-winning field goal. So massive point of the game was this personal foul that Joey Bosa got for saying something to the ref, but here's what Joey Bosa had to say about the overall situation in his postseason press briefing uh, before he leaves for the offseason. I need to be more accountable for my actions, obviously, but obviously. It's, uh, it's a heated game, and I'm hurting out there. I'm playing on half a leg. Um, I'm getting dragged to the ground, whatever could hurt me, along with screwing our team. And yeah, um, maybe some of them weren't as blatant as I thought, but um, I don't know. It's uh, I think there just needs to be more accountability on. Uh, I mean, if I say something to them, I get a forty thousand dollar fine. But if they blow a call that ruins an entire team's season, they get to. They're probably back in the locker room after the game. Like, oh, I got that. <laughs> oh yeah, got him. 15 yards, what a loser. I guarantee it. That's what they're talking like in the back. Um, whatever, a power trip. Um, I'm sick of those people. I don't know, just about my third F bomb so far. Sorry, but man. Oof. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Joey Bosa feels personally attacked by these refs. Listen yeah. to him describing what they're probably doing because they caught him. He feels as if these refs feel a way about him, that whenever they get him for a personal foul, whenever they run down, what you say, motherfucker, what you say, and they get him, they're, like, pumped to tell the rest of the refs, like, got that fucking piece of shit, Bosa. That's how Bosa is talking, and I guess we should watch the tape a little bit more. Is Bosa just always getting fucked over by the refs? Because that's what that feels like. Because to get to a point where he's like, I'm, I'm going to say it how it is. Uh, we do not recommend you do that. That's a PR person. Uh, here After the PR person, he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. After a coach hears about this, you should not do this, Joey. Joey, listen, this is a bad idea. You're not going to be happy with the amount of money they're going to fine you and how the refs are they going forward. Nope, somebody needs to say it. If I don't say it, who's going to say it? Then Staley probably, Joe, I picked up your helmet. You threw it back down again. You know, we all were upset about it, but please don't, you know, do what you're about to do. Joey goes, nope, 
Where are these microphones and cameras? <laughs> yeah. Something has to be said. And I think we're seeing more of this. Just like Rappaport talked about, Micah is chiming in on it. Micah and Joey Bosa, obviously massive parts of the NFL community and very popular names and figures in the league. So they're going to say stuff. It's going to have a little bit more sway than maybe other people. What did you think of Joey Bosa there, a fellow? He went to Ohio State, right? And yeah. he's from Fort Lauderdale, so he's not necessarily an Ohio fuck, but I enjoyed that he said that, and he's taking it personal. It feels like he thinks it's personal, which I respect as well. I, I, yeah, I wonder how long this has been brewing. That's the thing. Like, that's not just from one game that he feels that way. Like, I appreciate him being honest. I definitely appreciate the honesty. I don't know if the refs – I think the refs are probably big fans of Joey Bosa. That's the thing. Like, the refs want to take pictures with him and show their kids and their friends. Like, hey, look at this. They don't want to be that guy. Now, the ref that chased him down, I would love to know what was said. I would, that's what – that was odd to me. Like, what – yeah, I don't know. I don't know what is there a rule book on what you can and cannot say, especially to a ref. Yeah, and then was he asked to repeat it, and was he told like you say it one more time? He's not talking to him. He's not looking and like taunting him. He's walking off frustrated, yelling. And I understand that. You know, yeah, he's saying he's basically speaking to the ref, but he's not showing him up and getting in his face at least. Yeah, and also there's nice a lot move. of bad things being said by people whenever they don't have uh, or make a play and something bad happens. So he says it walking past guy, probably about ref. And then Joey Bosa tries to avoid him again. And then a ref goes, what? Say it one more again. I dare you. Say it one more again. He said it. Can't do it. See ya. What was it? That's what, but we'll never know because they protect we these things. We know there's, there's 700 mics on the field, but these, sometimes these things don't get out. What was, there was something else that was said oh, yeah. uh, that we never got. Yeah, what was that? The bonk. Talk about the bonk on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's there's always things that they they find a way to keep it under wraps, and I just don't what know do you say? what you could do. Because you you offensive linemen are cheating yeah. every single yep. play, yeah, and that is what Joey Bosa is basically talking about here. <laughs> but guy was clearly offsides. So Rappaport said that Bosa was upset about uh, two things: the guy lining up in the backfield and holding him. It was like, well, it's actually three things then, because if you do look, he is lined up off the line pretty much to tackle is, which obviously gives him a massive advantage. There's rules where your helmet has to break the ass of the center, I do believe. is that Belt line. The belt line, up, so they can't say ass. The belt line mm -hmm. of the center. So that's three things, because that guy jumped early, too. Oh, yeah. So he's in the backfield, jumps early, and Bosa probably thinks he held him. I guess that happens on every single play. I didn't see anything different on that play than a play that hasn't been called before but he was genuinely pissed off about that and it happens against offensive linemen though too you guys get fucked over every once in a while Bosa's tired of it though he's sick of it for all parties and I I think this might be a driving change in how officiating is kind of handled in the NFL going forward we've talked about it all year these refs they get this uh, handbook or they go over this tutorial before the season and it's like hey scan the field look for this and that is the worst way to officiate games because, like, when you see whatever a guy fall on the ground, like that's not that doesn't mean he was fucking held. Like, and boom, we throw it on an offensive lineman or same or vice versa. Like, okay, he's looking at the guard now. You don't see what's happening to Bosa or whatever, vice versa. But there needs to be more accountability going on in the ref world. It really does. Hell yeah! And I think we're gonna get it, AJ. I think we're gonna get it. Keep, hey Bosa, don't try. Bosa, you're gonna have to pay for this. Mm -hmm. That's right. Hey, they're, they're gonna get. Oh yeah. They're gonna get, get money. You're going to get fined. You also think there's a chance we never hear that because they don't want people realizing, like, oh, shit, this ref was actually kind of antagonizing him a little bit. Yeah. Like, well, that's possible. what it looks like. Yeah, the, exactly. That's yeah. what AJ's first thing is. Have you he ever chased seen him? him down. Yeah. He right. wasn't in his face. That's the thing. Bosa, I'm not saying he's right, didn't take his helmet off, slam it, all that. But he turned, and he was frustrated. He, I think he did 
what people do when you're frustrated. He's turning, yelling to the silence. He knows he's speaking to the ref, but he didn't get in his face. Like, if he was in his face doing this, then I would say absolutely throw the flag on him. Right, 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 right. Say it again. Did did you? What did you? Do it. He's probably saying, I'm not even talking to you, man. Get out of my face. Like, it's not the same, but that's kind of similar to Tony Carrente sticking his pooper out and, you know, forcing contact and then throwing That was absolutely asinine that that happened. That's the same ref from uh, Chris Jones. Early in the season. Oh, early. calling the uh, against On Matt Colts. Ryan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Same ref. I hmm. do know he was the Cincinnati Buffalo. I thought he handled that entire situation. He was a part of that. I don't know. The refing thing is fascinating, though. It's very fascinating. I hope they get it all figured out. Um, oh, update on Jonah Williams. Tackle week to week yep. with the yeah. dislocated patella. That's oh. a tough injury there. That's a tough injury. You could injury. get him back, though. You could get him back, though. That's good news. Yeah, week-to-week week is certainly positive. Day-to-day, day, obviously, better, but this is not the case. A dislocated kneecap is very painful. This is great news coming from Zach Taylor on what it could be, but seems like the Bengals are going to be in a situation that they found themselves in last year, which is a question mark at the offensive line for at least another week. Hopefully, Joey Burrow will be okay, and hopefully Jonah gets healthy as soon as possible. That's going to hurt like hell, though whenever he comes back until he gets a surgery to fix that, A.J. Yeah, I, 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 good news that he, yeah, there is a chance if they continue to win that he could get back in the lineup. That's all you want. You just want some hope that you'll be back out there if you're a player. Let's have a conversation with a man who we haven't chatted with in a little bit. Last week he had meetings with the front office of the team in which he plays for. That team is the Green Bay Packers. He is the quarterback for them. He is a four-time NFL MVP winner and the host of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, which is now currently on its season three. Unprecedented shit. Yep, precedent. Fresh haircut, ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Yay! Holy shit, dude. Wow. wow. Where'd you, hey, did you just drop out of the handsome tree, bro? What the fuck? You look like you're in a cloud right now. What are you doing? Where are you at? You look great. Can you see me clearly? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. I'm not skipping. No, no. I, I, I heard there was a little bit of a thing with the phone. Now you're on a laptop. This is a little bit more sturdy, I heard. That's the clearest I've seen you guys. I can almost see, you know, the uh, scars on AJ's face here. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that's from the helmet, obviously, because he used to use his helmet as a weapon. And uh-huh. That thing busted down that nose, and we get to see the flatness of it right here. But when you get him in real life, there is some scar tissue built up Ooh, right here. It's boy. just like a cauliflower ear almost, but for football. It's like, oh, that fucking guy used his head as a weapon. How could he not? Let's talk about a little bit of life. What have you been up to, man? Where have you been? How are meetings? Are you back at home? Are you traveling? What do you got going on? Yeah, I'm back on the West Coast for a couple of days. I was out in Green Bay uh, finishing up everything I need to finish up out there. And then I had all the conversations I wanted to have and then got a couple of days to relax and then things get a little busy from here. What were the, hey, what were your meetings like? Were these any different than your normal exit meetings? We know every player usually has an exit meeting with coordinators, coaches and everything. Is that what you did? Yeah, as you probably remember, AJ, mine are a little bit longer than the standard. You know, mm-hmm. Mike used to a lot, like fifteen, you know, maybe thirty at the most minutes. I think it was fifteen, and you know, the first couple of times you'd be in there, it's like an hour. You come out, you got all the other guys waiting, pissed off because they've been sitting in that office for forty-five minutes or an hour and a half. And so I usually don't meet. Uh, you know, the day after, I usually uh, you know go in you know on the Tuesday and Wednesday and have some time with uh with all the guys and then there's other meetings to have and, and uh conversations with certain people you want to have before you get out of the out of the city and 
people you wanted to see. I had to make sure I went over and saw the Crosbys and, and their awesome kids. You know, shout out to Molly for uh, occasionally being the hostess with the mostest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Thanksgiving, I believe, or Christmas. You know, really nice Thanksgiving, really nice little celebration for Mason uh, and his 256th consecutive game. Oh, yeah, Iron Man. Uh, right. Iron Man. Woo! But I tell you, when I get over there, she just totally passes the kids off, man. She's like, all right, you take them. <laughs> so well, I'm not sure if that's how she treats the men in her life. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, That's no. awesome. You He's, and her have a great I, I relationship. Love I love those kids and, and love uh, the Crosbys. Such a great uh, great family. And also wanted to spend some time with uh, – you know, a couple of the coaches on the staff that I'm close with and, and see everybody before they got out, Randall and and Dave left early in the week, so I wanted to spend some time with them. And just kind of everything, you know, the worst part of the season is the day after the last game, and, and you just want to make sure you see all the people you love and care about. Yeah, and I think kind of put a bow on the entire season with a lot of people, equipment room, I assume, training room, I assume, coaches, I assume. Gunter Kuntz, oh, yeah. you talked to Gunter Kuntz, how'd it go? Are we talking about that right now? Or are, we, are you still in the middle of a whole process? Because the whole world, as soon as we even said that Aaron's talking to the Packers today, it was breaking news that it was taking place. Obviously our fault, should have foreseen that, was tired from that yeah. whole mm -hmm. thing. That's on me for that whole thing. But it got blown. It's huge. That's a huge thing that got talked about. When you meet with them, is it good vibes? Is it future talk? Is it short? Like, what, do you, what is the discussion? And how far into this process do you think you are at this moment? First of all, I love the cowboy hat. You're looking great today. Thank Definitely you. want to give you a shout out for that. And your, your bling, too. You're, you're rocking a lot of gold. Yeah, dude, I wear the same thing every day, so you got to dress it up and dress it down. You know what I mean? But today's I just don't think yeah, – I haven't been able to see you clearly, I think, in weeks. So, <laughs> you know, on the, how to, maybe I should have done this the entire time. But on this on my computer, man, I can see everything really, really Season clearly, four. So. Hell, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Season four. Season four. <laughs> yeah. Always yeah. getting better. That's crazy how that works, huh? Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's, cool. it's real. Yeah, thank you. It was a gift. Yeah, I it bet a, it is. I it bet it Christmas is. Christmas gift. Yeah. First real one I've ever had in my life, so – from from uh, from who? From the wife. Yeah. Normally, I'm just oh. mall, middle of the mall. Hey, yep. how much is that? Sweet, twenty-seven bucks. Big, Give me that thing. Big kiosk, kiosk guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Had to do it. You know, Claire's got those earrings in high school. Still, oh, yeah. those things are five bucks. Big blocks on those things. Still have the hole in my ear. Will forever. Bad decision, but look cool for a week or two. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But thank you for the compliment. Let's get back. This isn't about me though. This is about you. Um, <laughs> conversations went well. What are those? How long are they? And how do they go? Uh, it just depends on on uh, on who it's with and and how much they want to talk about. The, you know, listen, when you played for so long, it's never just about like, oh, let's jump right into the season. You know, there's there's a lot of other things to get to. There's personal stuff. There's uh, you know other uh, topics of conversation. But you know, we had all the conversation like we wanted to have about about football for now. Um, you know, they're not pressing for any type of specific you know answer, and I'm not. Uh, you know, mentally or emotionally at that point uh, to give one. You know, again, uh, if I'm asked about it, I'll, I'll, you know, respond in honesty. But this is not going to be something where I'm going to, you know, respond to a bunch of inquiries about, you know, what are you thinking this week or what are you thinking next week or where are you at? This? You know, it's just, uh, it, it's get away from it mentally and then uh, and emotionally and then physically uh, as your body starts to come back after a few weeks of uh, TLC, then I think you're in a better frame of mind to 
you know, to contemplate your future. What is it? Full commitment to a season? Is that what? It, is it like wanting to give get back into all of that? The Groundhog's Day, the grind, the full to win a Super Bowl. What all? It is full encompassing. Is that what the the vast thought is? And that's why it's probably difficult to make that decision quick because it's huge. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's that on my side. And then you got to remember, there's two sides to this. So what is going on uh, on the other side? You know, where are we at? Uh, Roster-wise, focused, long-term, short-term, all those things. Go ahead, AJ. How long does this process take? Do you have any idea? I, know, I, I think I've told Pat, like, I think you'll know when you know. You can't set a date, whatever. I don't know if you got to go to Peru. I don't know what you have to do. But what's that process look like, and how do you get it started? Holy shit. Are we doing another? Uh... You got to set your intention, right? Tractor. Set your intention before you go in. Well, there won't be another sitting in ceremony before the decision, I can tell you that. Okay, but perhaps okay. after. Perhaps oh, after. Put on the ticker. Okay, okay. Put on the ticker. Put on the ticker. Yeah, Ayahuasca after just, decision. Yeah. Put it on there. <laughs> Celebration. Uh, whatever the decision. No, listen. Uh, look, I think, I think you have a feeling uh, where you're leaning, but there's a lot of things that come into play. You know, I think just on my side, it's the physical part. It's the emotional part. It's the spiritual part. It's the um, ability to go back out there and, and uh, give it 100%. Uh, you know, it's also the situation and uh, where the team is at and the focus uh, moving forward, short-term, long-term. Um, and then, uh, you know, it just comes down to the intuition and what it feels like in your body and what it feels like in your mind. And uh, once you commit, then you commit and you move forward, uh, whatever the decision is. So, um, you know, I just need some time right now. Um, I don't need to ask anybody to respect my time or... Whatever, I just uh, that's going to be the answer until I'm ready. And when I'm ready to give my opinion, like I was last year, I'm either all in or I'm out. So, so Steve Young did something on Monday Night Football and the kickoff show, and then he did it on the Let's Go podcast, Tom Brady's podcast on Sirius XM. He talked about how retirement is this impossible thing to do whenever you're at the stature that you were at, that Tom is at, that Steve was at, that a lot of these quarterbacks, right? The quarterback position in football is held to a much higher standard, regard, and criticism than any other position in sports, more specifically football for sure. So whenever you decide to retire after your entire being, being something, because that's what it's gonna ask for, but it is also gonna give back fully to you as well, that can be a tough thing to kind of negotiate. And Tom said that's exactly right whenever Steve said it. Are you experiencing a lot of the same things as everybody else that is at your stature of football in the NFL when it gets to this type of deal? Or is it just you kind of have your own feel through it all? Well, I mean, as you like to say, I'm a hippie. You know, you I, I kind of, I've done things my own way. And I, that's why I've loved this show is to be able to have great conversations and to show different sides of my personality that, that uh, you know, highlight the fact that I'm not just a robotic, uh, repeating, uh, one-track, uh, single-minded, zero-balanced athlete. You know? Stitch. And because of that, uh, you know, I think you have to have the right perspective. If you find your complete identity in your sport or in your job, this goes for myself or anybody, I think. Uh, when that is taken away or lessens or diminishes or alters in any way, that can be a major uh, jarring experience for your psyche, your ego, your life as you know it. And that's just not really been uh, where I've been at, especially the last, uh, the last few years. So I find a lot of joy and contentment in playing my sport. I love competing. I'm so thankful for this game and what it's given me, the friendships, 
uh, you know, not just with guys like yourselves, but with all the teammates I've played with over the years and guys I've competed against and gotten to know. I'm so thankful for that. But I'm also interested in a lot of other things, and a lot of other things take my time. And although you might not ever fill that big competitive hole completely, uh, it's like I've said, at some point the carousel ride stops and it's time to get off. And I think we all have to be ready for that because you never know when that could happen. Uh, you could want to play three or four more years and it could be one play that could change the course of your career. And it can't be so jarring that you just can't pick up the pieces and move on and have a have a life that's fulfilling and, and exciting and uh, satiating, I think. And that's why your perspective has always got to be really important about what, what truly matters in this game. And who am I outside of the number 12 you see on the field? And I think that's what plant medicine has allowed me to see more clearly. That's what balance uh, that I've been working on the last half decade, especially, has allowed me to, to find greater contentment. And when that time comes, I think I'll be, uh, I'll be ready for it and excited about, uh, about the next chapter. Why do you think you decided to try to find that part of you with plant medicine? Do you think it was because you were worried about some shit? Did you start overthinking? Did something happen? That you wanted to try it? Uh, what do you mean, Pat? What, what, what exactly are you asking, buddy? I don't know, because it feels like every time you chit-chat about the last, like, four or five years or whatever, you talk about, like, almost like a brand new you, like a whole new perspective on things. And we've only known that person because this is the third season of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, so we've only gotten a chance to chat with that. Did something happen that made you want to turn into that type of person, or were you always that person, just not as much? It kind of it kind of enlightened it a little bit more or ignited it a little bit more, I apologize? Or why did that happen, you think? Why did you turn to that? Well, I think there were a number of personal things that were going on uh, in my life, but uh, there were professional things that triggered some responses that were necessary. In 2017, I broke my collarbone. It was the most severe injury of my career and left me on the shelf. Uh, actually started my love for Malibu because I came out to, to the West Coast and rented a house for a couple weeks as I uh, got surgery from uh, the amazing Neil Elitrosh. And, uh, How about Neil? Uh, yeah, shout out to Neil. Shout out. And his, uh, his right-hand shoulder man. Um, and then stayed out in Malibu and really started to feel the separation from the team and not being around the guys, knowing I was on a major course of recovery in order to get back. And uh, there was some deep contemplation that went on during that time period about who am I without football? Who am I without this game? Uh, can I function the way I want to function? Can I exist the way I want to exist? 2018. Uh, another injury to start the season and a tumultuous year with our team and Mike getting fired. Uh, and then 2019 was when, um, you know, I first felt the call to uh, to do some plant medicine. So there were a lot of different events that triggered kind of this mindset to, to look at the world a little bit differently and to find that balance and contentment uh, without football being the identity of our lives. And I guess what we all can struggle with, if we don't find that uh, that uh, that love for ourselves or that other passion or that other transition uh, or really just in general the balance of life without our kind of our main thing or the thing that is our calling card or the thing that people know us as I think we're going to be setting ourselves up for some depression some struggles and look I'm not saying it's going to be when the time comes to walk away whether it's this year next year three years down the road it won't be hard it will be hard but uh, I've done a lot of work to to make that transition probably a little bit easier. And I'm thankful for those lessons, those really hard, 
times of adversity, but also, you know, learning more about myself and and who I am outside of just number 12 for the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, you prepared for the moment. That's smart to do. Seems like that is a good decision, even though, you know, you got called to do it and a lot of things triggered it to happen. Feels like you've landed in a much happier place. Do you think physically you're good? Did you feel anything this year that you maybe, whenever you were younger, is there anything that you think physically you couldn't do that you maybe were able to do a few years back? Because, I mean, there would be Aaron Rodgers throws all over every single game. Even when things might not have been clicking, there would have been a bucket drop or a fucking window hit that doesn't normally happen anywhere else. Physically, you feel good? Body-wise, good? Yeah, I mean, I dealt with some, obviously, the stuff that we talked about on the show. Um, I avoided some of the major injuries like COVID toe and mm -hmm. uh, some other stuff. I, I don't know how you avoided that one. That one seemed like it was eyeing you down for a bit. You know, it had you in the sights and you didn't get, that's incredible. It's incredible. Listen, after I went through the winter of death and survived, everything since then has been easy. So I'm really, uh, really thankful. I mean, who can say that they won MVP of COVID? Thank uh, <laughs> you. Hell and yeah. Thank you, we had two years of COVID, and that, that's the years I was MVP, back-to-back. <laughs> uh, -back, so. And I dealt with COVID, toe. <laughs> and COVID. And I'm a COVID survivor. Yeah. Hell yeah. Holy shit, dude. That I guess it pays to be immunized, right? Whoa. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hey, Amen. we didn't have that whole promo on the checklist going into the show, but we certainly knew winter or death was going to be popping up today at some point. And... Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah, I guess it goes down in the history books. The yeah. only COVID MVP, Aaron Rodgers. Congrats on that. Oh, yeah. Congrats Woo. on that, Aaron. Especially because, I mean, you were, you were probably a face of COVID, too, at oh, the time. Yeah. So for you to be... Was AQ, I feel like we just showed a quick shot. AQ is making kind of a weird face. Did he have something you wanted to jump in there? No, he's probably got a cramp in it. Get in here. Yeah. I love. I loved that promo you just cut. It was awesome. I loved everything about it. <laughs> I think if you know me, you know that I love it. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. See, I can actually see AQ now. I, mean, I don't know what I've been missing. I mean, this shot right here, when I'm sitting, you know, on my white couch in in Green Bay, I can't see shit. I can't see anybody in this shot. Now I'm looking at this right now. I can see all of you just totally clearly. I can see Ty looking amazing. You know, rocking the the uh, John, is that a John Deere hat? You know it. You That's know incredible. It. Yeah. Connor with his smirk on his face. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That other smirking cowboy fan there is probably really happy today. <laughs> no, no, no. That's After the files that came out yesterday. That's a ton he day. He's super, a COVID cowboy. <laughs> Why don't we put the whole thing back up? Hey, take a screenshot right now uh, on your phone if you're watching. That was perfect. Go ahead and post that on Twitter with the hashtag ART. And say something nice to somebody. You could potentially be one of 10 winners of $500. Put your cash tag in there as well so that, you know, we can pay you officially on Cash App. We've given away over like $3 million uh, in the last year via our Twitter giveaways, Aaron. It's, it's absolutely All Bitcoin or? <laughs> yeah, I remember you were wearing that sweet leather jacket down oh, at that Bitcoin. Miami. Yeah. You were wearing a leather jacket in Miami talking about Bitcoin. Have you ever felt cooler in your life? There's no way. <laughs> At least I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't uh, stomp for that other Bitcoin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. smart play. Yeah. Hindsight. Other Hindsight. That hey. was smart. <laughs> there was, yeah, that guy, I'm sure he'll get off, though. He didn't do anything wrong.
<laughs> All right, sounds like you have an opinion on it. Excited about that. Uh, we'll certainly dive in here in a little bit. The man in the John Deere cap who is a sharehold owner of the Green Bay Packers, Ty Schmidt, has a question for you, Aaron. Aaron, you look great, obviously. Glad to see you're in good spirits. Um, and I, I, I'll speak for every Packers fan. I don't know if everyone shares the sentiment, but obviously want you back next year, the year after, the year after Bye. that, Bye. basically yeah, yeah. until you decide you don't want to play anymore. Uh, when you reflect on the season as a whole, when you're looking back on it, obviously you guys didn't accomplish what you wanted to, but is it easy to kind of pick out and find um, like positives throughout the season? And are there certain things, you know, not asking you to say, hey, yeah, I'm coming back, but are there, are there things that you can pick out and be like, oh, you know, like I'm actually excited to, or I would be excited to kind of extrapolate on a couple of these things next year if I do decide to come back and play again? Yeah, listen, uh, there's always positives in the season, and I think it may be a little easier this year because there weren't maybe as many as we've had in years past. We're winning 13 games, and we're the top seed in the, in the NFC. But the beauty in this game is the unexpected surprises and the little miracles that happen um, sometimes every single day, sometimes weekly. And it's those special moments that, that you relish and, and you really enjoy. And to be able to watch you know, so many of our rookies step into – their first year as a professional and to watch their personalities come out as they started feeling more confident and playing at a, at a higher level uh, was a lot of fun. You know, to be able to be there in the beginning for Christian and throw him his first touchdown was pretty pretty cool. And just to watch that evolution from a guy who was really having a hard time catching the ball to becoming a legitimate threat in the NFL, that's so much fun to see. And watching him, uh, you know, progress is going to be fun. Uh, obviously, Romeo uh, had some ups and downs this season, but watching, you know, kind of his confidence come and his character show up was pretty cool. Um, you know, one of the top moments uh, of the entire season was getting to talk to uh, Big Mike. And Hell yeah. I've said this before, but the conversation that we had before the Dallas game, and I see him, you know, chained up and dancing, uh, well, very short-lived dancing uh, post-game. But that was a really, really special moment. And... Uh, that made everything that we went through adversity-wise worth it to be able to have that reconnection moment uh, in person with no cameras, nobody around, and just him and I uh, was was one of the highlights of the season for sure. Hell yeah. Go ahead, AJ. Aaron, first off, I can't wait to watch you play next year. I know you didn't say that. I'm going to say that for just out of hope, and I feel like I can watch you. I can see your, your demeanor and your – you know, your, your posture looks like, you know what, you're going to be ready to sling that thing. In about two weeks, you could probably still go right now if you wanted. But what do you make of the internet uh, rumors or reports that they may not be in Green Bay? Is that up to you? Is that oh. up to the team? Would you ever want to not play uh, in Green Bay? Great question, AJ. I think you, when you say never, things happen that you say never to. So <laughs> when I came back from the Combine in 2005, uh, they said, how was it? And I said, ah, man, it was so much fun, except for the 5 a.m. Uh, you know, drug test the first day and, you know, that Cybex test and then sitting at an oh. MRI machine for eight hours, you right. know, with only a sandwich and an apple. Come on. I said, but other than that, it was pretty cool, you know. I think all the teams are great, except for Green Bay. That was a really tough interview. You know, they were just kind of grilling me. And, but it's all right. I mean, I'm never going to play there anyway. You know, they're drafting 24th. So you be careful. Be careful. Say never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think you say never. Um, listen, I came back uh, and and really wanted to finish my career in Green Bay. Um, in 2019, 
we, you know, were feeling each other out on offense and, and our defense played pretty damn good. And a lot of people said I was, uh, what did I say, washed, uh, couldn't really play anymore. Washed, yeah. Uh, wasn't the same. And then I won two MVPs in a row. Hell yeah. Is that good? With, without really doing anything different. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of the same sentiment this year. Um, you know, I have a lot of comments about uh, a lot of that that I like to keep to myself or I'll oh. share, you know, off air just because out of respect for the whole process and just, you know, some things uh, don't need to be said, I think are more understood uh, implicitly. But nice. um, do I still think I can play? Of course. Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Um, right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. Um, but I don't think you should shut down any, you know, opportunity. Like I said, during the season, it's got to be, you know, both, uh, both sides, uh, you know, like actually wanting, you know, to work together moving forward. And... Uh, I think there's, you know, more conversations to be had. Um, I think no player wants to be part of any type of rebuild. I said that years ago. Um, reloads are a lot of fun because you feel like you're close. You're only a couple guys away. This game is about relationships. It's about the players you play with and count on, even if uh, they don't maybe show up huge in the stat book. A guy like Mercedes Lewis is an important cog in the wheel of the locker room and the momentum of the team. That's a guy I want to finish my career with, you know. If I'm playing, I want that guy next to me, you know. I want the Randall Cobbs of the world, if he wants to keep playing, in my locker room. Guys you can win with. You know, Alan Lazard, Bobby Tunyon, Dave Bakhtiari. Um, there's a lot of interesting names that um, we'll see, you know, their, uh, you know, desire to re-sign these certain guys who are glue guys in the locker room will be an interesting conversation to be had. Um, take all that away, I still, you know, need to mentally get to a point where I feel 100% locked in and ready to uh, to play a 19th season. And if I do, then we'll rock and roll and figure that out. If I don't, then we'll uh, go into the jungles for a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, Can't wait to hear about those someday. I assume the trips to the jungles will be hysterical. But let's get back to what you just said a lot right there. Okay. AJ. Hysterical. Yeah. That's a good thing, not a bad thing. That's not a, that's okay, a, okay. Yeah. I Usually hysterical at first, like laughing. I mean, there might be some laughing about things that happen that might be so ridiculous to your, you know, to your mind. You can't possibly imagine they're real, but. No, I but, agree. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, Oh, great. Okay. okay. I view life like a movie. Like, like it's awesome. Your life is amazing. Are you going to have a reality show yet? What are we doing here? What are we, come on, what are we working on? No, no, we're just talking sports. Just being a dumb guy talking sports. And I'm going to the jungles with you one day. I cannot wait to do oh, that. Yeah. I, mean, I can't is, either, man. We're going to have a blast. Oh, I heard there were some stories. They were hysterical. They were hysterical. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But anyway, you said a lot right there, dude. You did, honestly, because obviously you've thought about that. When you talk about Mercedes Lewis and Cobb, this goes back a few years back where the conversation between you and the Packers was at a standpoint where I couldn't really fathom because I was very fortunate enough to come into the NFL with a team that had Peyton Manning on it. And Peyton Manning wasn't like – if Peyton Manning wanting so, wanted something, like, he's going to get it. I just assume, like, that makes sense, by the way. Best player, been around the longest, in the locker room, the 
one that has to get it done. We all know that the quarterback's the most important position, so why wouldn't we treat it as such? And that's kind of just how I saw things go, and there was a lot of success that way. So whenever I was hearing things about the Green Bay Packers organization where you were saying something like, hey, I'd like this, and then that person like getting cut almost like in spite of you, it's like that doesn't make sense business-wise, either off the field or on the field. Now it kind of sounds like, Whenever you say something like rebuild instead of reload, are you getting the sense that in Green Bay right now around that young core that they're trying to kind of start a new era? And does that weigh into your thoughts on whether you want to play for or not play uh, again, maybe somewhere else? Because there's a lot that you said there, like a lot. You said a fucking lot there. That was awesome. Thank you for that. You're welcome, Pat. I think the answer, uh, the question, Couple. It just answered itself, right? It, if there's a rebuild going on, I won't be a part of that. You know. Not, so they have to figure that out. And do they have to figure that out before you decide that you're coming back? Because then there is kind of a timeline, right? Is there, isn't there? Well, a listen, listen. I don't think any team uh, outside of maybe uh, you know the Texans this year or some. There's a couple of teams maybe who might say, "Yeah, we're rebuilding." You know, Colts. we finished. You know, yep. down at the bottom Colts. of the league, Colts. and we're, you know. Obviously, we're going to start over. New, you know, these teams who have new GM or head coach and they're drafting pretty high, they might admit that they're in some sort of rebuild. But not, you know, most teams in the middle of the pack aren't going to say, "Hey, we're going to rebuild." You know, unless we have a crazy cap situation. So, uh, you know, no GM or president's ever going to say, "Hey, we're 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 rebuilding." Got it. Um, uh, so that won't, you know. I'm sure that'll trigger somebody asking them, you know, are you guys rebuilding? And, and the answer would be, of course not. You know, we're, we got this and we have that. And, and, but it's a mindset. You know, if they want to go younger and, and think Jordan's ready to go, then they're, then that might be the way they want to go. And if that's the case and I still want to play, then there's only one option, right? That's to play somewhere else. Um, you know, if it's not and they, you know, like, no, no, we you know, still want you to play and, you know, this and that, then it'd have to be, uh, you know the right situation with the roster. It looks like we can we can win it all because there's no point in coming back if you don't think you can win it all. And this is all if mentally you want to commit to an entire year, obviously. Con, which is a huge con. You have a lot to figure out, dude. Good luck, bro. Good luck with figuring that all out. How do you plan on doing it? Well, the arts of contemplation. That's of course. Uh, is a great book that you may have you may have read. It's a short one. Pat? Yeah, it was awesome. Very short one. It's in this, it's in there somewhere. It's not one of those long ones, you know, by Graham Hancock. It's a nice Bro. short one. God's the you know, fingerprint you of the gods. You, honestly. Yeah, that's a great one. It's you know, a long subtle book. art of not giving a fuck. Uh, but the art of contemplation, little black book, um, which I know you used to have in college as well. Um, Hi <laughs> somebody Hi-o. else did too. A B. Alright. Who's that? <laughs> No, what is your process going to be, though? Honestly, what is it? It's, kind of, it's, it's just taking some time, taking some time, pausing, letting kind of all the emotions uh, kind of run through you, and then and then uh, and then starting to see how it feels day after day, and and what's coming to mind. You missing it? Not missing it? You excited about the next season? New challenge? Whatever it might be, and, and then uh, and then going uh, kind of lean into that uh, that feeling, and whatever feels right in your body is probably. Uh, what it's going to be. I think it's got to be a full fuck yes. It's got to be like, yes, 100% I'm yeah. in. Uh, and if it's not that, then you're out. You're on dry race board, pros, cons. Are we, uh, are we maybe sitting out overlooking the Pacific Ocean? Maybe some music on in the background. 
Who knows what you're drinking? Wine. Probably a scotch. Wine. You know, having a time. Is that is that all part of it? Like, what is the, what are, what are we doing? Well, I know that, you know, I know you're a big fan of this uh, mammal. My name is your spirit animal, but this is the uh, humpback whale season. Hell yeah. And a lot of humpbacks are, are going through uh, the old uh, southern uh, Pacific here. So, um, you know, sitting back with maybe a cigar. What? And perhaps some scotch. What? And the binoculars. What? And the humpback whales. What? It's a good start to the contemplation. I think so. We're pulling for you, man. Hope you find happiness through it all, which it seems like you will. I do have happiness. I have happiness. Jump in the water. Get in the water with those things if you really want to make a decision. That's right. I will. I'm going to be like Spock in the search for Spock. Star oh. Trek Four. No, yeah. no, not Search for Spock. The Voyage Home. We all know Sorry. that. Hell yeah. Voyage yeah, Home. Star all... Trek Four. Have you seen the newest Avatar? I have not yet. No. Put in that movie theater you got in that house. Mm-hmm. Put it in. Make sure it can. Do you got one of them Rumble movie theaters though? Because we saw it in uh, 3D. Yeah, Dolby. Uh-huh. And oh, the yeah. fucking it's seats were moving. Oh, I was going through the water over there on Pandora, dude. It was wild. What? I mean, even though this might influence me, like, what, what would you? How would you score it? Out of 10. Well, here's the deal. I only watched the first two hours because I had things to do. I couldn't stay for the full 310. But I heard the... Wow. F- <laughs> Aaron, this was decided... It's not the movie's the fault. weekday. It was decided before we even got access to the movie. If we get access to it, there's no way I'm going to be able to stay for the whole thing. I got something going on the next day. Couldn't. It was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Who's got three hours in 10 minutes on a Wednesday night in the middle of football season? I, it would seem like an impossible task. But... First two hours, pretty sweet. Pretty. Hey, the fact that you you put two hours in. In the public. I was out and about. I never go. I, I'm here, home, work, home, what? here, home. What? We went out. Did, had a night. Ooh, having a time. Watching Avatar. Feeling the seat. Vibe, right? Yeah. You know, it was a good time. I think you should watch it. I think you should. And then you just walked out of the movies. See, I think the only movie I've ever walked out of in the movie theaters was Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Yeah. What? You didn't like on. it? Too much hype? Too much hype? What's the problem? I had something going on. You know, hour one into it. It was a, you know, it was a weekend. I yeah, get it. Just couldn't, couldn't stay. Actually, I walked out of a Benjamin Button, too. Oh, that's a great that, film. Why? Mm, what about Sherlock? Did was, you see Sherlock? Sherlock Holmes with Downey Jr.? No. no with, Holmes and Watson. Yeah. I mean, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell, that one. No, no, I didn't. That's probably the right play. Yeah, great. I watched out of there. Well, the worst, the worst movie right maybe ever is Hacksaw Ridge. So I would. If I'd seen that theaters, I would have Harry out of that Styles. One. No, it's Andrew no, Garfield. No, 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 it's about no, no, no. the troops. Never said about Harry. It's about the troops. The guy the saved a bunch of lives. Yeah. <laughs> What's this? It sounds like you're anti-American right now. Is that about America? What happened? I don't you're think. Goddamn I'm... right. He was a medic. Some of the worst. Some of the worst acting. Oh. Really? Vince Vaughn, who I love, not his best movie. No, definitely Sam not. Sam Worthington from Avatar, really poor performance. Jacob Sully? Yeah. He doesn't do poor performances. I, sorry, I'm going to have to question this. Jacob Sully. But the guy that plays the main character in that, poof, that's a bad movie. That's that the old movie. Spider-Man. Yeah, wow. Andrew Garfield. There it is. You, you a big movie guy, big movie buff, love him? I am, yeah. Really? You watch like small independent movies too or just basically anything that's out there? Anything is going to pass the time on a cold and lonely Green Bay night. 
That's a song. You writing a song about that? I think you do that as well. You play the guitar rather. Yeah, well. let me. Uh, the guitar is not in range. So. Oh, it's up on, on the deck. It's up on the deck. He's singing to the whales that are boning. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Can't wait for the, the whales. Yeah, they like they like the songs for sure. I'm so whale song. I'm so pumped. whale song. What? Could you imagine if you fucking just hang it up, just go live your life, or if you come back and they say uh, we're actually looking to move forward. And he, this guy's a free agent again all of a sudden? You'll be able oh, to... Wild. Oh, my God. Indianapolis no. is not... They'd have to trade him. They'd have to trade him. You wouldn't become a free agent. Yeah, but just like... I mean, there's been... Very recently, there has been a trade of a quarterback who... Different yeah. situation, obviously. But it became a... It became a full free agency period pretty much in the middle of the whole thing. Do you have a no trade clause where you have to approve if that were to happen? Great follow-up tone. Uh, I think that right, I would... Know. Doesn't know. Guy doesn't know. I, no, I don't have a no trade. But I don't think we get in a situation if that in that imaginary world where there would be a trade to uh, a team I don't want to go to. I just don't think that's uh, that would be awesome. That'd be even better. Yeah. Could you imagine just how the spectacle that it would be? No, thank you. We're sending them to fucking some team in the CFL. All right, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> fucking Stampeders. See you later, Seattle Dragons. Can't wait to watch it all unfold, bud. They're already talking about you right now. Herm Edwards is cutting a promo. They're showing a highlight. Oh, you just threw a fucking... Oh, uh, no, it was incomplete. It looked like pass interference, so probably a bad call. These refs... Oh, let's talk about these refs. Since we have you on, and Connor will have a question as well. Joey Bosa cut a promo. That was... I, I don't know if you've seen it. I know you kind of see some things. You're off the grid but some other times and all that. Joey Bosa said, uh, basically, there's no accountability from these refs who suck pretty much mm -hmm. and he just spoke about it doesn't normally happen michael parsons obviously another superstar young superstar in the league he kind of retweeted it and said this is an issue do you think they ever get it fixed from being on the inside i know it's a hard job we all know it's a hard job is it fixable and do you think the nfl will ever get it fixed listen i think that one there, there's a number of different types of calls that are are hard uh to ref uh, offensive holding because it happens in a lot of plays. Yes, Chief. It's just kind of the extent. Uh, there's some flopping that goes on as well. Uh, the NBA tried to police flopping by $5,000 fines. It didn't really work. The NFL might need to police some of the flopping because there is some ridiculous flopping that goes on. Uh, but offensive holding is hard. Not that hard, though. Some of the ones I felt like uh, Thibodeau had one in the game where it was pretty pretty obvious he got held and, and was not called um roughing the passer though gotta talk about this it's it's bad for the game aaron and people say yeah. that, people say that you're a part of it like you and tom and the superstar quarterbacks are the reason why these are happening but you and tom i feel like come out against it a lot why is it it's an interesting well i, I don't you know i had i think one call this year roughing the passer and it was a soft one it wasn't one you know if i get hit in the face and it's forceful. You kind of expect the penalty. Uh, didn't get any, uh, I don't believe. Maybe, uh, I, don't, I think I only got one, maybe two at the most. The one I got seemed to be very soft. And it's not one that I'm campaigning for. Um, I was actually shaking my head, like, I don't really want that call. It's just, it's not, you know, I, I'm... Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Pick it do, up. You have the, do you have the video of it? No, no, I was telling you, you were telling the ref, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. You make, well, yeah, I mean, you make me look bad. The one, that, uh, the one that 97 had in the, in the Vikings-Giants game, I mean, I think he does exactly what they've asked him to do. You tackle him, you're starting to turn him. I mean, listen, the guy is 330 pounds. He's one of the best D-tackles in the league. He's one of the strongest D-tackles in the league. 
Uh, if he's 330 and he's wrapping up a 220-pound quarterback, uh, you know, listen, watch what he does. Okay, he lets him go. He doesn't even, like, forcibly he watches watch his hands. He pulls his hands away. They say his they, forearm hit him in the face, though. Remember in that super slow right here. Boom. Shot to the face with a forearm, they say. I don't know. That doesn't. That to me is, I wouldn't be asking for that penalty. Now, if you get a, you know, a, you know, you get one of these right to the what? right to the face, yeah, that's a penalty. That's not a penalty, and that's just one of a number of calls that that it's hard because what do you do? Do you go back and review those in slow time? I think, listen, the best reps that we've had in the league are on TV now. Yeah, right. They're not working in the league office. Right, they're on TV. Gene Steratore, my favorite ref of all time. I think. One of the best uh, guys at, at understanding how to interact with guys, how to communicate with them, uh, and then how to control a game without being the main, you know, without being a part of it. You know, and Gene was incredible at that. But Gene's on TV now. Why? Because they pay more. Yeah. Right. We all miss Gene, man. How about Barry McCauley, also fantastic referee. Right, he's not working as the head of refs for the league office. He's on TV. John Perry, another great referee. Right, what's he doing? He's working on TV. Now, all these guys who were fantastic Whitecaps, and many of them who left in the last—I don't know how long Gene's been out, but it's probably last five years. You've had like eight or nine really good Whitecap, long-time referees. Are any of them working at the league office? No, and it's the people no. that normally not good relationship with players in there are because they're not good refs running shit too because they'll take that level of a job at that stage of life, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, Mike Pereira, you know, on TV, he was a great ref. Like, um, who was the other guy? Um, uh, Dean Blandino, right? Another, you know, another good one. These guys are all on TV because they pay more and they can also, but they can do it. If the league was smart, they would go grab one of those guys, pay them whatever the hell they want and... Um, and make this a little easier for the refs because they have a tough job to do. But w there's some things to be simplified. We know throughout, throughout the season there'll be less calls, right? So they emphasize some early in the season that we've called, whether it's roughing the passer, uh, taunting, um, you know, uh, legal contact, which they said was going to be, be a big thing. At the end of the year, there's no penalties called. You know, there's there's three or four per team per game. That's the way it goes. Now, if you have three or four penalties a game for the whole season, right, you're going to be number one in the league, right? We average like six and a half for most of the year we were in the top seven i think we were six or seven fifth six seventh the entire year in the playoffs it was three or four penalties every single game right they just don't want to they don't want to be a part of it i get it right but there has to be some consistency throughout the year so we're not reffing the games like that late in the season but early in the season we're going to flag everything i just think it needs to be more consistent throughout the year what's what's illegal contact in week one should be illegal contact in week 18. two and different sports it's a couple of different sports there whenever it's being ref differently. And they have a lot of power, Aaron. they got to get it figured out, especially with, obviously, the sports gambling industry growing the way it is. Refs are a massive impact. And I think anytime you talk to former players or former coaches, they always talk about the refs. Media people don't as much, but I think players and coaches understand more than anybody. Like, hey, that person, the white cap, as you call a lot of power right there. And changing the entire game. And changing the entire – if you want if a team is a pass-happy team, they throw a lot, they're very efficient, and they want to call it tight with pass interference or something like that, they could change the whole – 
You can change the whole game if you want to just because you're that crew. They got to get it figured out. We have faith that they will. Connor has a question for you, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron, Avatar, I'd probably say 8.5. And also, I want to be the first one to congratulate you on the article from yesterday. I know you and your immunized brothers and sisters probably took a victory lap, as you should. Uh, you said earlier, after your West Coast trip, you're going to be busy from here, is, quote. Uh, what are you doing? You going to Thailand to hang out with Cliff Kingsbury? Or are you doing a little traveling? What's the plan here? I think Cliff has all the companionship he needs. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yes, he does. <laughs> Hell yeah. What a, what a move. Uh, just going. I think more people should do that. You know, I, I, I heard the, this interesting idea that in order to allow for the proper time, interview process, what if they put a freeze on all hiring still after the Super Bowl? I think it's an interesting idea to kick around. Um, right now, you have so much craziness going on with anybody that fired their head coach is trying to get people. Anybody that made adjustments to their staff is trying to get people. You have, what do you have, eight teams now still left in the uh, in the playoffs with people getting interviewed but maybe don't have the same type of advantage or uh, opportunity because they're focusing on the game plan. Um, maybe put a moratorium on all that until after the Super Bowl might be an interesting idea to do for all those guys. Then King you can Kirk. have King Kirk. then you can let Cliff go and do his thing and, and have time to breathe. I think we all do. I think everybody needs time to to decompress and take the emotion out of it. And good for Cliff taking care of himself. Obviously, you know he's got. Uh, uh, it wasn't just him on a solo trip. You know, doing a walkabout somewhere. <laughs> a walkabout. You know, doing a, a you know some sort of journey that I'd be doing. You know, he's he's definitely. Uh, Definitely uh, living well over there, but uh, oh. but there's some events that I haven't done uh, the past few years that uh, I'd be interested in doing. Um, I've played in the Pebble Beach Pro a number of times, and and may end up doing that. Ooh. Okay, uh, here we go. Because you alluded to becoming a professional golfer earlier when you said you're not always. Gonna I did not allude. Yeah, you did. <laughs> when you said you can't always but, scratch your competitive itch or whatever, but you can at least try with different things. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. Okay, we got a golf thing coming up. Got it, of course. You're great at golf. Mm -hmm. Great at golf. Great golfer. Great golfer. Great golfer. I'm a, I'm a, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a decent golfer. I did have a nice top ten at Tahoe this year, but let's that win was that thing. Our first oh, round. Yeah. That was because of our first round we had together and the enjoyment we had, uh, hanging out and swapping stories. And then you guys all went to bed early every single night, so wow. I got plenty of sleep. Oh, fantastic! I want to let you know, I got a treadmill in here in the Hawk House. And I've been walking and then stopping, hitting a, hitting a shot, getting back on there. Mm -hmm. I got beat by the course last year. My energy levels might have been a little bit lower than I expected after those golf rounds. But we were up in Adam. Mm -hmm. I don't need, I was fighting Tahoe in the afternoons. We did a... <laughs> I was out there, bro, living. And you did fantastic. We're all going to win that thing next year. One, two, three. That's what we're going to do. Hey, I, tell you, I tell you who didn't get beat by the course last year. Connor. That's right. yeah. That was impressive, Good Connor. Time. Really impressive, buddy. Mm -hmm. Big in the morning. Big bag. We got. We need a much smaller bag next time, and we only need one. And Foxy, I'll tell you what, Foxy. That was a vacation for him, where he just went to bed at ten every night. Yep. Oh. Nine, or, nine or ten. Uh -huh. Woke up at you know six. Up and at him. I mean, ready to go though, strong. Aaron. Ready to go. I didn't have yeah. to play golf. Hey, you got some great shots though. He looked like a professional, uh, like golf. He used the, the, what's that, cinema mode on yep. a couple of those shots. And the GoPro. Hey, next time we'll actually have to get media passes, though, because they weren't happy with that. They thing. were not they happy we were no. shooting shit, Aaron. They were not pumped. But Nick got kicked off the course a couple different yeah. times. Hey, guy, tall guy, get him out. Get out of here. All right, all right, you got it, you got it.
It's all right. Hey, shout out to uh, Justine and Frenchie, though. Oh, Legend. the best. Uh, that, hey, that's me experiencing life like at a different level there. The chefs in all. Oh, that was unbelievable. Yeah. Every meal was a sweet. Probably top five meal you've ever had in your life. Yes. With a magi. Every single meal. And Shout out to jet skis, too. You ever had a bad day on jet ski? It doesn't happen. Well, I actually well, talked about it yesterday on Tahoe. Probably the worst day I've ever had on jet ski. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It was chop. It, that was a chop. Song. It was. It, I mean, boom, boom, It was a little choppy. Yeah, it was fun, though. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. Great time. But I was beat up by the course already, so I already had full body cramps happening. And then whenever you're in the middle of fucking Tahoe and your jet ski is taken off. And once again, I just said I'm in the middle of Lake Tahoe on a jet ski, so life is okay. But as you're going and you get a full leg cramp, oh, boom, right down. It's a, it's a wake-up call that you need to maybe get there's back a, in There's shape. some cures for that, though, Pat. And, and you know this, you know. As we get older, we sometimes need to take more vitamins. So, you know, we take our vitamins, and then we feel better. Aaron, you saw it. I was taking all the vitamins, literally, that was available. (laughs) They bring Toradol. You saw it. That's what we should do. (laughs) Yes. You had the chefs. I'll bring the uh, doctors that are shooting in Toradol. Uh Okay, we'll make this thing perfect. It's getting close. Well, yeah, we're going to get this thing closer to perfection. The Toradol might be it there. I'm gonna need it. I think. Who wins that? Who won that last year? How far uh, off were you? Joe Pavelski. No. Mike Madonna. I was like 20 he, points off. He knows. Oh, it yeah. was Romo, wasn't it? Oh yeah, he Romo knows. won. It was Cat Dog in it. Is he coaching you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. All right. <laughs> Sorry, I broke up. What happened? Uh, the laptop was good all the way up until then. It sounded like. Damn. He, he was just wondering who's coaching you. Is it? Is it Mr. Romo? Do you have some Romans out there? Huh, little Romo Mo. Uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm, I have four less coaches than he does. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh. Is that something you're going to commit to maybe this year, though? Maybe get a little no, bit. No, I don't want any coaches. I don't. No, you just want to play golf. Did you play in high I school? I want to play golf a few times, and that's about it. Did you play in high school? I got. I missed the, I missed the team. I went out my sophomore year and got cut. Why are you so good, though? You just kept playing even though you got cut. This could have been the Michael Jordan story. Still could be. This guy got cut from his varsity golf team. Here we yeah. go. One on to play and win MVP four times. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now he's a professional golfer. Winning the this match. could be it. Self-taught like Bubba Watson, no swing coach. That's right. Holy shit. We're in the middle of this. Listen, until, until uh, an athlete of another sport makes a cut on any tour, right? I'm not okay. counting the senior tour. They don't have a cut. John Smoltz has played in a few of those events. He's done done fine he's a good player but until a former athlete of another sport plays in a golf tournament i'm talking about corn ferry right. or uh live pga tour live. Or live, live, there's no cut on live so that doesn't count. no no what? yeah it does you get invited how much have good. they offered you have they offered you a big old check to come over there not a bad time to become a professional golfer no, Just... i haven't seen anything with a b behind it yet so i'm probably gonna <laughs> Avoid that. Okay. Uh, that seems smart. Live. But until it, until one of those guys makes a cut or even sniffs a cut, like you can't even talk about, uh, you know, being a well, professional golfer as a former athlete of another sport. All right, so let's get back to the question that Connor asked because mm-hmm. it was good journalism from Connor. Mm-hmm. You got the Pebble Beach Pro Am coming. You said it's about to get real busy. Is that for football? Is that for life? Is it going to be a little mixed with both? What do you got? Yeah, the Pebble Beach Pro-Am is something that I'm considering. Obviously, the Super Bowl is in Scottsdale. Uh, I have oh, Phoenix, come, whatever you want to call it. You coming out? We'll be out there. We'll have a night. I definitely won't be doing Radio Row if you're there. 
No, we have a house. We have a house. We have a house. We have two houses. What are you doing then? Well, they have the waste management. So I may, if I'm out there, end up doing that pro-am, which is a lot of fun. They're trying to get a bunch of football players, I heard. Hell yeah. So if I decide to go out this Super Bowl, that's an option. Uh, and if I do, then I'll definitely come by the house and see you guys. Maybe pop in for a little show. Yeah. Um, there we go. Miss, uh, miss seeing you guys in person. But uh, then there's some other things that I'm interested in. Um, there's uh, a couple different uh, kind of spiritual things that uh, you know yes. on the horizon that are possible. Oh, yeah. Yes. And and then a couple uh, couple trips, but. Uh, I'm just going to relax for the next couple of weeks and then, um, you know, start uh, start back with some workouts and see how my body's feeling. Derby. You travel everywhere, right? You're a big world traveler. Good question. Derby on the horizon this year? We back? You guys back? I think Derby's going to be back this year. Wow! Oh! Oh! AJ's going to have his uh, what yeah, cool sandwich hand bag yeah. with yeah. his handing of cigars just doing his thing. Can't wait for it. AJ's going to be there singing with his buddy Travis Tritt, <laughs> oh, hanging out Brad? with Bobby. Big Travis Tritt. All right. Yeah. Big fan. Big yeah. fan. Aaron's a big fan as well. I'm glad we I'm glad we bond over that. Travis no, Tritt? Do. Something happened. Sounds yeah, like either of them are factually famous. Uh, Travis is awesome. He sings up there. He, it's amazing. He sings up there. Yeah, he's a, okay. he's a musician, obviously. Uh, what so, <laughs> what happened? I'm, I'm pretty excited to hear what happened. I guess this will be off air. Shout out to Travis Tritt. Yeah, you're fucking doing it. You're doing it. There's nothing that happened. We love Travis. He's awesome. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> dog. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. We all love Travis. Yeah. Okay. All right. I get it. Thank you, Travis. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. You're a world traveler, though, right? You're. What was it? Peru a couple years ago. Uh huh. And then obviously you got to go to the jungles to do yeah. hungry things that have been hungry. You were spotted in. Is there any any? Have you ever been to Antarctica, or is there any been? Has there been anywhere you haven't been that you will yes, definitely? Yes, there's a lot of places. Yeah. I haven't been to Antarctica. Haven't been to Patagonia, Iceland, Spain. Why? Ibiza. Oh. Uh, Barcelona. Uh, Take a Ibiza. Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> um, there's a lot of places I'd like to go. But, you know, this it's pretty nice here. So uh, if I'm not in Green Bay, uh, then probably sitting here looking at the humpbacks. That's smart. Hell yeah. We saw your house on the internet. You know, pretty, nice. pretty cool. Oh my, yeah. I sold that yeah. one. I sold that one. I bought a couple, oh. couple, couple miles nice. down. Tone Diggs has a question for you, Aaron. If that's all right. Yeah, Tone. All right, big Steeler guy. Thank you. Now Aaron. he's a Cowboy guy too, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, also think- a big. Uh, I love my COVID MVP guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> last night for I don't know. Hypo- let's say hypothetically it was Tom's last game. He had Tom Cruise there, Hulk Hogan, and John Daly. Let's say hypothetically you have a last game. What, is there a crew you could come up with that competes with that that potentially you'd like to have in stadium to watch, have you watch the last game? Yeah. Okay. Keanu Reeves. Oh, that was, so good. That was a good one. Yes. So good. Kid Rock. The Undertaker. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what did you say? You said Tom Cruise, Hulk Hogan, and who? John, John Daly. Daly. Um, you can have more. There's a lot of sweets. Well, I mean, AJ would probably say Phil Mick because he's a big fan, but uh, I'm going to say... I was going to say Tiger. I thought Tiger for sure. Tiger? No, listen, I, I would love uh, Nick Cage. 
Yes. Keanu Reeves, Steven Seagal. Whoever that dude is. is that, that's who take. is that? That's fucking that's take. 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 Whoever is that man is. That's the American badass. Um, and Maybe, uh, American big badass. Big show. Yeah. Big show. Where? 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 Travis Tritt. Oh, Jesus, what a stadium. This is Sharknado of fucking yeah. stadiums mm-hmm. right now. Trump, Trump probably. Dwayne Johnson. Rogan's got to be there. Yep. Nancy Pelosi. Yep. Dr. Joe. Oh, Dr. Yeah. Joe Rogan's got to be there. Nancy Pelosi yeah, for sure. Dr. Joe. I think AQ looks call. like Dable. Anybody who calls himself science. <laughs> My daughter does. <laughs> Three conversations happening. Great show. Yeah. Dable, right. what? Well, do you think this guy looks exactly like Dayball? Just <laughs> do you. And what are your thoughts no. on Dayball as an experience? I, what do you mean as an experience? I don't understand the question. Do you, it's just, I haven't been paying attention. The Giants with Dayball, the experience. He's been chugging beers at Rangers games last year. What? He's got the same exact roster winning and going on here in the playoffs. Danny Dimes has become a brand-new quarterback, seemingly under his leadership with Kafka, the offensive coordinator. The day-ball experience for the Giants fans, have start spreading the news. They're like all the way back, it feels like, because of him. So have you watched that at all? Have you seen it at all? It is a different team, obviously. Well, we played against him. In, in London town. Yeah, I'd say this. I don't think it's the most talented roster. So I think I think Coach Dable is a hell of a coach and leader. I think Wink Martindale is a hell of a coach. Um, when you look at the roster on defense, like Lawrence is one of the top players in the league probably. And as far as D tackles go, uh, you know, I think him – yeah, look at that. They're obviously having some fun. It's obviously having when you win. Like uh, Aaron Donald and and uh, Mr. Lawrence are probably two of the top, uh, maybe one two as far as D tackles go. It's hard to think of anybody. Uh, I mean, there's three or four guys that probably rival uh, him, but he's really really good. Um, the rest of that defense, there's some older players who've been cut and traded by various teams. Uh, there's you know obviously have a first round pick at uh, one of the ends, but um, that scheme is aggressive. They come after you. They disguise really well. And offensively, you know, would you be able to name all their uh, skilled players besides Saquon? Well, I mean, you just, guys would because you're in the business, but the average fan, would, would they be able to name? Uh, probably not. But then you watch those guys play. Uh, Slayton, James, and uh, the other guy with the weird last name. Hodgins. Hod- 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, they're not exactly, uh, you know, what first-round picks, but they're balling. So, uh, obviously doing something right. I told Coach Dable after the game, uh, you know, my comment to him was, obviously you're a hell of a leader because you guys play really hard. You play together. You play disciplined. And I just like what he's about. So I'm not surprised they're in, the pos- in this position. I think if you look at who the best seven teams were at the end of the season, playing the best, um, you know, there may have been a couple teams in the playoffs that weren't in that top seven. Um, but the best teams usually show up uh, in in the playoffs and, and play the best. And I thought, um, you know, Jackson have obviously got to win. They've been playing really good the last part of the season. Uh, the Giants. Now, Dallas has been kind of an outlier because they were up and down a little bit. But when they're good, they're really good. 
uh, when they're bad, they can you know lose to some teams that they probably should beat. And the NFC South, right? Being the champion of the NFC South, it was kind of like being talked about all year, kind of like so one of these teams has to represent. Do you like that or not like that, that that's the setup of the, of the playoffs? I think it's a big deal winning the division, but there's a lot of people that want to change that. I think I think winning division should get you in. Maybe it shouldn't let you host. Uh, oh. Maybe it should be a re- what if there was a reshuffle? You know, especially you have three NFC East teams in the Final Four, and you know two of them obviously had to go on the road uh, and play. If they had reshuffled, it just would have been Tampa at Dallas would have been the only difference. I think. Now on the other side, it would have been uh, Jackson would have played at. Uh, the Chargers, I believe. You can fact check, check me on that one, Reuters, but I believe that's probably true. <laughs> Reuters. Um, I think that would be something to look at. Uh, but winning division should get you in the playoffs, I think. Uh, so um, but, let's, let's talk about the last team in the NFC there, the, the Niners. What are your thoughts on the whole – you're just breaking down the entire bracket. I apologize for cutting you off and asking about the playoff situation, but, like, there's some really – the NFC right now, there's some fucking buzzsaws over there. In your guys' conference, Niners, Eagles, obviously with the Cowboys doing their thing. How do you see it going? Well, I think every team left in the playoffs has some has some flaws. I don't think there's anybody who's unbeatable on both sides. I think um, there's been some inconsistent play on at least one side of the ball for just about every team left in the playoffs. But the NFC will be interesting matchups because you have uh, you know the Giants uh, playing Philly, and they've played twice already. Uh, the Giants uh, didn't play anybody, it seemed like, in the last week of the season, or just sparingly, and battled and only lost by, what, uh, 10, I believe, um, and and yeah. played them. Uh, and then you have San Fran and um, Dallas on the other side, which is a really interesting matchup. Um, you had a rookie quarterback on one side. You have Dak, who played excellent the other night, um, and their defense under Dan Quinn, which has been – um, uh, which was really good the other night as well. But uh, San Fran is, listen, you look at the roster, as opposed to the Giants roster, you look at the roster in San Fran, you got one of the best two-way backs in the league, you got uh, one of the best tight ends in the league, you have maybe the best uh, playmaker in the league uh, in, in Debo, uh, probably the best defense player in the league, uh, at least top five consistently every single year, uh, maybe the best middle linebacker in the league. Um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of talent on that side. But Brock Purdy, what do you think of Brock Purdy and his success? He's dealing. I think I think he's done a nice job taking care of the football and making plays. I think I think Kyle has definitely shown he can call plays with uh, a n- number of different quarterbacks, different styles. But uh, I watched uh, Brock. He came in uh, in the preseason in our game. And moved him right down the field through a touchdown pass, and I was like, "Man, this is that was, that was a nice, uh, nice drive. Preseason, preseason, but but to show when you're the, I think he was the third guy at that point to show that you can come in and and move the football effectively and go up and down the field. That was impressive. And then obviously, when you when you're playing with confidence compared to when you're playing with uh, with no experience and and kind of winging it, it's a whole different ball game. And he's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, there's obviously, like I said, a lot of weapons, but he's taking care of the football well, and that's going to be important against Dallas because Dallas will throw a lot of things at you, and they got a lot of guys that can catch the ball on defense. You know, a lot of guys who can make plays in the football. So, um, should be a really interesting game. But uh, he obviously played really, really well in the first week. He's awesome to watch too. He's yeah. got this moxie, Aaron. You know, and for being Mister Irrelevant, the last pick. And allegedly, the story coming out of high school is that Saban, he had an offer for Alabama out of Scottsdale, I think. Is that where he's from? Yeah, like Ari- somewhere Gilbert. Gilbert. 
Arizona? Yeah, Gilbert, Arizona. Gilbert, Arizona. Gets an offer to Alabama. Goes and meets with Saban. Saban says, like, all right, we'll be able to groom, uh, <laughs> get you better. All right, we think your accuracy needs to get a little better. You need to beer a little bit. And allegedly, he came back and told Iowa State, like, that guy doesn't know ball. Accuracy is literally, the, like, the thing that I am the best at. That seems to be a trait that the great quarterbacks have. And then if you don't have, the NFL can expose you. Is that, is that an accurate depiction, you think? And that is, is that why you think Purdy's having the success that he's having and why some guys don't have the same success as others? Listen, for as many blue chippers who've had success in the league, there's been as many and often more who were not that. We're not the number one prospect coming out of their high school. We're not the number one guy coming out of you know, college and the first pick in the draft. Um, you know, obviously, you know about Tom. He was you know, 198 different options to take him. Uh, Joe Montana was the same way. It was passed up by a ton of people. Um, you know, for as, so like I said, for as many Peyton Manning, you know, first pick in the drafts, there's been a ton of these other guys. And, and what it does is create this chip. And the chip can be an excellent motivator for the right disposition that feels, uh, feels like they need a little bit extra at various times during their career, or even in just a workout, the thought to motivate you a little bit more or inspire you, I think is really, really important to success of people who can do that. Uh, Michael Jordan, you know, uh, used to make things up, I think, at times to be motivated, but he was also cut from his high school team. That's a, that's a pretty good motivator. But Brock was passed over by a ton of people. He went to Iowa State, I believe, right? Yeah. Because Lazard's always, always hyping him. Um, he has a lifetime worth of, uh, of uh, slights that he can pull from. And obviously the moxie part, I think, is, is one really, really important thing. I, I love to use that word because I, I love to use that word when talking about personality. And it's hard to define what exactly that is, but it's that kind of it factor of, uh, that encompasses, I think, a lot of different things. Uh, how you handle uh, your day-to-day, you know, like uh, setting a huddle, bringing energy to practice, uh, confidence, uh, mastery of the offense, uh, dealing with the media, dealing with your teammates, uh, bringing people together, all those different things that make up uh, an important part of the quarterback position that not every guy has. And it's some of it is just stuff you have, personality, likability, humor, charisma, all these different things. And some of it you can work on for sure. But he obviously has, uh, has that moxie. And, and you can see it with his teammates. They love playing with him and, and hyping him up in the media and talking about him uh, glowingly. And uh, so I have, I have nothing but respect for the way he's played. And, yeah. and I love seeing uh, the underdog. I mean, I feel like that was part of my career for a long time. Obviously different. I was picked in the first round, not the last pick. But I did go to junior college and, and uh, uh, you know, dealt with uh, that uh, frustration that turned into a, a definitely a chip I could, I could deal with. And so a ton of respect for guys who deal with adversity and turn into a positive, and obviously Brock has done that. Hell yeah, Brock. That was awesome to hear you say that. I assume he's going to be pumped to hear that as well. Go ahead, AJ. Well, last thing for me, Aaron, uh, I know you normally don't throw in the offseason. You don't throw the football around. Is this offseason going to be any different? Do you have to throw around a little bit, see if that shoulder reacts like you wanted to, and that elbow and that thumb and the COVID toe? And also, why do you tuck these two little baby pillows under your arm? Is that some kind of recovery trick I don't know about? <laughs> That's a good, good question, Aaron. Good Both arms, him. left and right. Yeah, you reset it sometimes. Yeah, it's more of a comfort thing. I can kind of rest my elbows on these uh, okay. on these pillows, and it just feels better. Um, where I can kind of be in a semi slump position. You know, I could sit up real tall, and then my 
elbows, what do you kind of do with them? They're kind of resting kind of in a weird spot. It doesn't really yeah, uh, feel as comfortable. So yeah. uh, thanks for that question. Usually I got my two, uh, you know, white and blue pillows uh, in Green Bay. I don't have the same, the same the uh, options here, unfortunately. Oh, is that for the Colts? You have Colts pillows? No, they're rebuilding. You they're, they're we're not rebuilding. Rebuild. Colts yeah, are not are. rebuilding. We got a full roster New ready to go. You'd love to play for Jeff. I don't like misinformation. We don't know who the head coach. Oh. oh, is that what the pillows look like? Is that the same color as the pillows? It feels like it. I mean, blue is my favorite color, but. Oh, Ooh. sir, do I have oh. something to tell you? There's a lot of blue in this here town, pal. That's right. Come on. Are they, uh, are they redoing that field, though, just to make FIFA standards or not? Well, we didn't I get a like some of those teams, <laughs> no, you know, just to get that FIFA bid, you know, they, oh, we can change our field to, to you know, specifications of FIFA. Uh, How about that? For soccer players, they're doing it. Soccer players. Jeez. Not for you guys, though. Not for mm -hmm. Bakhtiari's of the world. Mm -mm. He was pissed. Bach is he's, – he's a big stomper for that. Not a big stomper for, you know, uh, draconian uh, vax mandates and different things, but if you start talking about, you know, what the uh, the field condition should be, he's, yeah. he's going to be right at the front lines. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, lack of informed consent and uh, – All right. You know, zero, uh, you know, tested vaccines. Uh, yeah, it'll be the first one in line. Okay. It sounds like that has been some conversation that have been had between you and your left tackle yeah. uh, off the field. And I'm we had a lot of time, a lot of time in that in that cart that he bought me to discuss uh, the world and uh, all the many uh, interesting topics. Well, we try to broach all of them here on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, and I think you'll be back next week. Yeah, I would love to. Yes. Hell yeah. Let's go. All right. So we won't do a book today because we've, we've kept you long enough. Let's do a book next week, though, the wrap-up season three here yeah. of Aaron Rodgers. Well, let's do – yeah, let's well, let's not say wrap-up. We might do one more after this, okay? But let's oh. – we'll do a book next week for oh. sure. Oh, because shit. That'll give let's me, go. That'll give me a lot of time to uh, – Watch Wales. Uh, to get through uh, a couple books. I got like 10 in the stack right now, and it's hard to choose just one. But I'll have – I'll have some books ready to finish this thing up. Hey, just I, the ball is here, and I'm pumped for that. You throw like a dart, right? Is that what you're doing when you throw the ball? You seem to have a different throwing motion than everybody else. Is that what you're doing, or do you even think? You don't even think. I don't think. I don't really think about it a whole lot. I think about trajectory and speed and those things, but it it just comes kind of kind of comes out. Listen, there's. There's a lot of great throwers. Or the, well, there's not. There's, there's a few really great throwers of the football. And I just want to plug this one just because I love this kid so much. But I enjoy watching Josh Allen play football. Like, yeah. that's fun to watch. How about, that tight, how about that Dawson Knox touchdown over the shoulder of that guy? That was a great one. But to me, it's the flat foot in the pocket throwing the ball to uh, um, a big game. Uh, Gabe what's Davis? his name? Gabe Davis, yeah. That, to me, was the best throw. It was, you know, he makes some – some really kind of, for him, probably normal plays that most people just can't do. So uh, I really enjoy watching him play. I love watching Pat play, too, because Pat does so many different things, but, uh, and and he's fun to watch. But I just love Josh is a buddy of mine, and I think how he's handled uh, everything. Look at this throw. I mean, it's just kind of bouncing, bouncing. Oh, Let me just put a dime here just right in the corner of the end zone. Great catch. Great, Obviously, great feet by, by Davis there, but – um, but he just kind of does this uh, with ease. So, so what's Love, that? You, uh, middle of the field to the sideline. What's the, from the thirty-yard line? That's like a fifty-yard ball right there. No, no, about that. Let's do Pythagorean theorem. We're talking about like twenty-six squared.
plus you know thirty squared. Ninety-nine uh, equals equals what? Do the square root of that? So that's like forty yep. some yards. Forty. Forty-three and a half. Forty some repeating. Yards. But anyways, off the back foot. Is there any throws? <laughs> is there guys that, and you don't have to name them, obviously, but there's guys that you have a different respect for, obviously, with their arm. Do you tell them personally, like, and do they tell you? Do you guys have like a, yep, we know. You can sling that yep, thing. Yep, yep, we yeah. know. Is there that type of group tech situation going on with a few of you guys? That's no, just understood. Yeah, it's you. just implicitly understood. Yeah. I don't think you need to do that. And there's, it's implicitly understood the other way as well. Yeah, you know, I know, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this guy we're talking to, definitely quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Also, child, please. Yeah, not like us. Yeah, I can't. Throw you play darts? Ball. You good at darts? Yes, I, I do enjoy darts. Dude, we got to get you one of those European things. Could you fucking fathom? Mm -hmm. oh, triple the ball. Oh, 180. I mean, it's it's a little ridiculous. The triple 20, 12, 20. Which reminds me of that great, awesome, awesome quote that I'll leave you with today. Here we go. Darts, right? Be curious, not judgmental. Hell yeah. From Ted Lasso. If you, if, you want to, if you want a little pick-me-up today, go and watch that. And that's great life advice for all of us to go through life and to, uh, to be curious about things, not uh, judgmental. To be interested in opinions that aren't necessarily jive with you right away. And maybe don't jive with the mainstream narrative that was, you know, crammed down our throat for so long. Let's be curious about, about people, about things that uh, are new to us, about things that we might not agree with right off the bat, and not judgmental because uh, that's how we're going to uh, become a society of uh, uh, better people and not uh, just jump right to canceling and, and uh, ousting people who... Uh, don't look like us, talk like us, or believe exactly the same thing that we believe. And be curious, not judgmental world, and the world would be a little bit better place, I think. Hell yeah, Aaron. Thank you, Ted. Also, you're allowed to disagree forever, too, and just move on. It's crazy. That's great. It's we, awesome. We, right? Hell yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Good luck whale watching, and good luck with the decision that is obviously massive for you for the football world, and for the Packers. We appreciate the hell out of you, buddy. Please come back. Yeah, yeah. let me just <laughs> – there won't be a decision next week. So, you know, tune in if you want to hear some great banter, some interesting insights. Hell yeah. Maybe a question from AQ at some point. We're still waiting on. No chance. He didn't I, have I, one today. I, yeah. I did have one. I didn't get asked. <laughs> wow. Wow. Do you really? Do you really? Go ahead. Save it for next week, AQ. Oh, okay, oh, okay, okay. Right. Peace, right. Shut peace. your trap. Yep. All right. But – it's not real. But there will be, the you know, some massive decision next week that, that happens, you know. I'm going to enjoy enjoy this week and take care of myself and do some reading and some relaxing and uh, check in with some, uh, some of my teammates. And, uh, and then can't wait to talk next week and see you all again. Hell, yeah. We appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Let's get to something that's going to make us better. Let's get to something that's made the show better and smarter. Let's get to something that has made maybe the average football fan a little bit smarter and yeah, better. Sure. Let's go in the trenches with AQ Shipley. I love the energy. Let's go. Hell yeah. Let's, Let's go. fucking go. Yeah. Hey, how about these guys, huh? Really good. Pretty good. How about these guys? Pretty good, you could say. <laughs> we can... We can <laughs> We can stop this uh, whenever the hole happens so we can kind of just digest just take a moment take it all in but look at this 
I mean, it's just unbelievable. Use check. What do I mean? we'll, we'll go back Jesus. and break this. I mean, look at that I mean, fucking my hole. My God. What do we? What do we got there? Big gaping hole. Perfect. Let's. Yeah, exactly. This is perfect. So what they're going to do? They're going to send use check over in motion. When they do that. Kittle's then going to come in fly motion. But the key to the play, and this is what we talk about all the time. I mention it. When we can cut the defense in half, we've seen it a couple times where the guard blocks down, we pull the center around. It cuts the defense. If this is just a full zone play, everybody flows in the same direction. Boom, boom, boom. Defenders all flow in the same direction. So everybody be going this way. But what they're going to do, they would normally work up here on the zone play. But what they're going to do is they're going to Exchange a responsibility. We talk about it all, mm. all the time. Use check's going to come here. Block here, and that cuts the defense right here. His flow is cut. And by him being detached, not attached right here in a normal tight end position, by him being detached, widens him. Makes his job all that easier when he goes out. So we get that, and we get almost like a fold block with Trent going behind him. And then Kittle is going to work in conjunction with Big Trent here to the corner. This is awesome stuff. Boom! Jeez. Look at that. How do you stop it? It's so good. The play okay. design is so good. They've been doing this a lot this year with, it could be Kittle, it could be Juszczyk, it could be Ayuk, but they crack the first stack backer, and it cuts the flow right now, and then they get everything widening outside of that. It's awesome. Then it leads to this. Then it leads to this. Ooh. We got number 19 in the backfield. What? Why do we got him back there? What's he doing? He's We're going to run pretty much a similar play. The only, the only difference is Juszczyk was out here. We do that. But now what we're going to do is we're going to put Juszczyk on the safety, and they're going to work all this way. We're going to toss it now to Debo. Same thing. We get the fast flow. And there it is. But check this out. you got to rewind that just a tad because this is awesome too. We call this, like whenever he slants inside, all these guys are going to exchange a little bit of responsibility. We call this almost like a gang on the run. Guard, tackle, tight end are responsible for him, him, and him. Normally, in this position, if he stays outside, Trent would be working up. But watch Kittle's footwork. Does such a good job staying square, passing it off to Trent as he climbs to the next level. It's awesome stuff. Ooh, look at that. Ooh. See how his feet never cross over? He never gets out of balance. Hips stay underneath. This is awesome stuff. He's the best blocking tight end in football. It's incredible. Boom, gets up. Great job there. Juszczyk's just trying to get through the hole. Great job. Best receivers that block in football right here. Nice kick out there. Again, nice. keep him there. We got an ass cheek there. We got an ass cheek there. Allows Juszczyk to get up in the hole. And Debo. Hit it yeah. and get it. Oh, this isn't his touchdown. Never mind. He got no. tackled by but it's awesome. Linebacker guy. That was, I think, the third play of the game, maybe? Yes. He cooked it into, like, uh, six gear on that touchdown. That oh, he yeah. Had. On the pass. Still pass. had it. Unbelievable the, the way he plays football. Flying. Incredible. Their entire setup, you're saying, is just fantastic. Huh? Everything they do. And listen, it is essentially the same exact plays that they just ran. They're just moving people in different positions. Ayuk's now this guy. Use checks in the backfield instead of on the line. But... Everything looks the same, and then they run the play action off. Like I said, when you can marry up the formations with, with the run game, with the play action, with the pass game, 
you got you got an unstoppable force right now. I will say the Niners have been on in the trenches all year. Yeah, every week. And uh, them having success is obviously something that yeah. the big, bald, gorilla man here that is speaking about offensive lines has been calling all season. Because mm -hmm. there were times when they weren't looking like they were looking right now. No, lost the Falcons. There were times that people thought they weren't going to be able to go on a run. Everything's going to have to change. They have become so dominant and so goddamn hot. Another thing that – let me just hit on real quick, too, with the run game. It could be Derrick Henry. It could be – you know, San Fran, it could be Atlanta, it could be any of these teams that consistently stay with the run game. Listen, you may get stopped early, right? You may have your first 13 carries for 31 yards, right? But the good ones, they stick with it and they stay with it and they stay with it. These guys could be stymied, 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 and then all of a sudden McCaffrey breaks it for 60, and now they're 14 for 90 instead of 13 for 30. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And now the average is one. That's it. That's it. But they just stay with it. All right, check this, this is, out. Hey, hey, you hate that guy. Oh, I love, I love Doug Peterson, though. And I love what they're doing up front. And check this out. They line in this wing tee. It's like the old school Steve yeah. Sable NFL film. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Remember that song? Check this out. They basically go wedge blocking. They're selling, again, a form of a quarterback sneak. Everybody thinks it's sneak. Boom, 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 boom. Everybody thinks it's sneak. They're just going to dive downhill. He's going to push the quarterback. Fuck no. We're handing it off to Etienne. And, again, we always talk about a game of inches, right? We talk about a game of inches. Ooh. If you can rewind this just a little bit, Pat, we can see the cornerback that comes in here. We're going to get a crack block right here by this first receiver here. And he's got he's to he's play it because this, this could be a play-action pass. But we get the crack block right here. Could be a hold. We're not going to talk about that. Come on. But by him doing this, it brings this corner in a yard and a half. A yard and a half just allowed him to get around the edge and get 30 on fourth and one in a pivotal moment of this game. Got to have it. Got to have it. And he went over 100 yards on that play as well. Stayed in bounds yeah, too. Plus 310. Exactly. What, uh, what is the D supposed to do here, AJ? Scrape? But if you don't scrape, they could just dive right up the gut. Yeah, he's got to take that on. I mean, crack replace for the corner. Like, if you guys crack in another guy, you replace and take his spot and be that edge defender. But it's so hard because if that's your dude, he could easily run across and run a deep over, and they just complete a nice little easy ball on you too. So if you have a man, you're kind of stuck. What did uh, Doug Peterson said? Well, if they're inside, we'll run outside, and if they're outside, we'll run inside. Yep. This could easily have been run inside, you're saying? They could have quarterback sneaked this. This could have went here. This could go around the edge. And then the other thing, the other thing that I don't think a lot of people see or talk about Watch him arc here. There's an element to this down the road. You oh, fake it, ooh, and Trevor yeah. keeps it on the boot. There's an element there. Has to be. There's or, no other reason for him to arc right there. Or he could boot and drop off. Yeah. Correct. Throw. Throw the ball. Correct. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. This is old school football. This is same formation, 10 different things. Exactly. Yeah. And you probably work on them all year. And in a fourth and one pivotal moment where you got to have it, it's at the top of your call sheet, and there it is. We go to it. Call this one 1915. 1915. Oh boy, went for 40. Hell yeah, what a play. What a run. Good for Doug Peterson. Good for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. No I love that guy. Having gotta a coach giving him a shot. He played gotta so goddamn good. Yeah, gotta love it. He crushed He's it. He's one of the best in the league, it. right, AQ? He crushed it. Uh, the announcers thought this was a mistake later in the game. Who was the announcer? Uh, I think Tony. Tony Romo, I think it was. Thought this was a mistake. But they ran it earlier in the game where Cook goes untouched for a what is this? I don't know, 20 yards out, touchdown? Yep. But let's just talk about the play real quick because there's two elements to this play too. It's a read element right here. The read is Josh Allen reading 
Who's that? Ingram. Uh, Melvin Ingram, right? Ingram. So he's reading Melvin Ingram. If Ingram goes up the field here to try and stop this handoff, Josh Allen then reads that, keeps the ball, and follows the guard tackle on the counter tray going the other way. He's going to release for 21. Tight end's going to release for 21. We get a down block, deuce block here, back. And then guard tackle are going to handle this first guy on the line plus the first stack. So this deuce block's going to go all the way back there. Center block's there. Boom, kick out. Second puller around for number 55. Whenever Ingram crashes the handoff point, right here, because he's going right to Josh Allen, we're going to hand this off and it's going to get around the edge. This is awesome. It's like a QB counter tray handoff element. There's a lot of stuff going on here, but there's a little peak right here where he's watching him. Boom. Now he comes flat. Boom. Now we hand the ball off and he's around the edge. Wow. See ya. Touchdown. So when you have these quarterbacks that give you this added element to the run game, and especially, I mean, you saw it later in the game. They ran a quarterback draw that was awesome on like a third and eight, and Josh Allen had to get it, and he gets it, right? Those plays are so huge, especially in the playoffs. And then this guy's coming through to here. That guy's Exactly. He, you'll see him. Kept. Yep, and he'll go block 55. And then if he keeps it, boom. Now, and then he's, we got a hat for a hat here because the tight end then arcs for the safety. Yeah. One-on-one -on -one with Holland. Boom. There's their block. Look at that. I mean, he, if he keeps it, if he goes up the field, he's got a great hole right there. 52 just took one misstep. That's it. And Ingram is deciding that Josh is not going to be the one that keeps the ball here. Smart. That's it. Smart play. That's it. But instead, six the other way. Yep, Strike up right. the band. Strike it up. Now, I will say, later in the day, when Romo thought it was a mistake, they did stop him for minus four. They shoved up their ass. What do you mean he thought Thought what was a mistake, AQ? What do you he, mean? Because uh, like what happened was when he handed it off and he saw the lineman pulling the other way. Because they were doing two way. different plays. Yeah, because they're doing two different plays. So he sees the lineman pulling this way and then he hands it off. He's like, oh, this is a mistake. They screwed up. The running back's not going the right way. He should have countered it back. But no, that's the whole purpose of it. You're using him to hold him if you're going to do the quarterback keeper. But if he does crash like that, then that's when the handoff happens. And he's one-on-one -on -one out in space. By himself with no blockers. Are you surprised he didn't throw a flag on Ingram here? Yeah, I was just going to say. Oh, this, one, this is what happens when he threw Josh. Yes. Yeah, threw him down. Yeah. So he throws Josh Allen, and everybody's eyes on the Bills are this way because they're scoring a touchdown. So nobody even sees that Josh Allen gets tossed. So I think that is why it was also a little bit of an ignition uh, fluid almost yeah. when the Christian Wilkins thing happened with Josh yeah. Allen. I think there's already been. This was before mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And nobody oh, saw yeah. it because everybody's seeing well, the you, touchdown. You used to do that. Like, that used to be the thing. Like, hey, if your quarterback oh, yeah. wants to run or he wants yep. to carry his fakes out, have fun. We are going to annihilate that guy. He's not going to be able to carry his fakes out. You used to be able to do that. Now you can't do it anymore. Steelers have done it to Lamar pretty much. That was TJ Watt. Just took That's the game plan, every right? Every single time. Because they, they, they used to do it whenever I played for the Cardinals with Kyler, too. <laughs> they would just crash the handoff point yep. with Bosa and then scrape Warner over the top. <laughs> yep. So Bless then you. it handles Bless everything. Thank Bless you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's an unbelievable play. Genius. Great play. How about uh, Aaron talking about Josh? Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I just like watching this guy play. Oh, pretty cool. Because there's only a few of them. Yep. We were few. talking about that a little bit. There's only a few of them that are like, yeah, we can throw a football and hit any fucking target that they were to put out there. Yeah. Because the Pro Bowl, whenever they did the quarterback carousel carnival thing, mm -hmm. we saw some quarterbacks get in there and not do 
too hot. Not too great. Right. Then you get some of those guys in there, I think it would be a snipe oh, show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And that's the difference, isn't it, AQ? That's, that's the difference. 100%. And then being able to run, you put that on top of it. What a bunch of studs. Speaking of studs, here we go. Let's go. New York football giants. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. I want to be a part of it. Oh! New Jersey. There it is. Home of the Giants. Sinatra? Mm -hmm. And the Jets. Yeah. Sinatra? That was our rendition. Ready. Frankie, dude. Yeah. Come on. Of course. You, you, Dayball. They're singing about you. That's right. Yeah. AQ Dayball. So, Albie send Dayball. him in motion. We're going to send Dave's. somebody in fly motion. I think it's Breda comes Cooper. in fly motion here. Boom. We fake that. Flip. This is the big play this year, right? Not the Matt Canada handoff jet sweep. It's the right. fake no jet sweep. What's that about? Flip. Out here, and we get the crack toss, right? Now, check it out. We get a great down block both ways. Here's the key to this play. I was telling Foxy before the show. Key to this play, uh -huh. watch Saquon right here, because he could very easily do one of two things. He could just continue to run to the sideline, and by doing that, he's out leveraged, right? This lineman is out leveraged because the defender's on the outside shoulder. He's out leveraged because he can continue to run here. But watch this little subtle get vertical. When he gets vertical right here, just for three yards, maybe. Right there, he's going to put his foot in the ground and get vertical. You see that? Now, what's going to happen is it's going to put 39 back on him, and then it also allows him to run into him, and then he goes back outside. Right there. Ooh. Ooh. Right there. And Setting so, up a block. That's exactly what it is. And we talk about that all the time. The good backs understand it. They don't just run. They run. They set up the blocks for their offensive linemen, make their offensive linemen look good, and now everybody looks good. And the offensive linemen want to block a little bit more if you have a guy that can help you make yourself look better. Exactly. And we, we talked about it, I think, uh, last week on the show. As soon as he squares Philly. his shoulders. Boom. As soon as he squares his shoulders, it slows everybody down. Slows him down, puts him back. See, he put his foot in the ground. Boom. Now he's able to get front side. Wow. Right there. That's it. See ya. And then, he, then he bounces it right back outside. And then he says, I'm 245 pounds, mm -hmm. and I grew up cool. boxing, and everybody talked a lot of shit on me. So I've decided everybody has to pay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's part of your Penn State cult, right? Yeah, and he had, none, he had another run that very well could have made this. I don't know if you guys saw it. He did, like, the double spin move. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That was incredible. So, so I mean, smooth. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's playing at an elite level right now. You know who else is? Who's that? The Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Another we member. We got a big bump <laughs> coming. Another member. We talk about this all the time. Beal. From Roger Saffold right here. And I got a guy. Boom. I set. I set. My guy either drops or loops out. What are we doing? We put the fucking foot in the ground. What? We turn our head. Wow. And, uh -oh. and we find ribs. Wow. So here's shot. So here we go. Nose guard. Having a hell of a year. Sealer. Having a hell of a year. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. No. Uh oh no! Immediately uh -oh. he takes his two Target steps. Lock. Then he's out, and as soon as he makes that move, we got a crafty vet. Oh, oh there no. he is! I'm starving. Oh no! We're finding some rib feed. Feed me ribs. Feed me ribs. Oh no! Look at that! Look at that position. Oh! oh. Hope you wore a tailbone pad. Hey Jay, what's this all about? I mean, I thought they're hunting ear holes, not ribs. Yeah, what's oh, this? Whoa, whoa. Can't do any more CTE. Can't eat pig's ears. Oh. No, it's really opened it up, too, though. It's really, oh, nice little grab on the outside quick. 
Listen, this uh, yep. this goes so far in the game of football because now for the rest of this game, Sealer head on a swivel, head on a swivel. That now he's not just pain. now he's not just bull rushing. Can't even hear though. Okay, his oh. head is on a swivel now for the rest of this game. I promise you. Slows him down. Slows him down. That's all we're trying to do. Yeah, take that out of the game. You guys are cheating, though. I mean, it Bowl. is. It is I mean, hell, last night they threw the ball 69 times or something like that. Right, right. We could get a couple of those. Just a couple of those, right? Right. right. Just get a couple of those. Right. Right. Oh, this guy you hate again. Oh, whoa. Wow. Oh, look at that. Why, why'd you put this guy on here? Yeah, I thought you hate Wow. I had him on my all-pro team, this guy right here. Oh, are you releasing that? Are we releasing that? I, think, we... I think we should. Al's all pros. Maybe yes. before the championship game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe before the championship Championship yeah. weekend, you release your all pros. I'll have all pros for kickers, punters. AJ will have his all pros. Uh, Darius is going to have his all pros. Hell yeah. Perfect. It'll be perfect. I love it. It's a new annual thing we're doing. Nice. Okay. Oh, so for the draft, do you want to do it on New Year's Eve or do you want to do it? No, we'll do it after the, uh, before the championship games. Okay. Mm-hmm. To sell, maybe Super Bowl week. Super Bowl. That Super Friday? Week. Super yep. Bowl week. Gives you an extra week to watch film. Exactly, and yeah, and break talk it down. to them, and you can be like, "Oh, this guy's kind of don't. I don't know if he fits the billing for my All Pro team." You're right. You're right. Perfect. Because it's not just on the field. No, 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 no. never. We're is. talking about the people. These are humans. Hey, Brandon Scherf, what school, what school did he go to? I believe he's one of Kirk's dogs. Oh, AQ. That's what I was thinking. Iowa Hawkeyes. Right? Thinking. So he comes in as an offensive lineman, playing the game the right way. So what's he going to do? He's going to set the three technique right here. He's going to set them, and then what's going to happen? Three Technique's going to work out to contain because they're in a fire zone. Uh, and now what are we going to do? Oh, uh, uh, no. Now what are we going to do? 96, you are in fucking uh, trouble. Oh, in the shit. air. Oh, this one, this one might – this is maybe up for big bump of the year maybe. Oh. Oh. He's going to get a bumpy. Oh, my God, a bumpy. <laughs> <might get> a, bu- <laughs> a bumpy. <laughs> this one's a good one. Oh. oh. Oh, a Bumpy Award nominee. Wow. <laughs> Holy shit. Wow. In a phone booth. In a phone booth. Jeez. Look at this. One foot in the ground. Oh, oh Is the throw perfect, too? Or? How you know, physical. How, where does the throw That's go? Some bitch is cock strong. Oh, right look at that time. time. What a great ball. It's a great ball. Can't a lot make of a five-yard drag. How ball. about that, great huh? It's a lot of this. Oh, a lot of this. shit. That guy got jacked up. Whoa, well, you can't do that. Airborne. AJ, how good is that? I mean, the fact that this is so close quarters and he's able to have such a violent hit, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, pad level, guys. You got to get your pad level down. That's right. man wins. up high. Oh, oh, oh. shit. Dude. Man, that's a violent shot right there. Fucking yeah. Years of bailing hay in Denison, yeah. Iowa. Wow. Damn right. Hey, the, feel the zoom in feature for this is phenomenal. Yeah, pretty good. We just figured it out. It's pretty good. Week 19. Pretty good. <laughs> Better than never. I'll tell you what, this offseason, we're going to learn a lot about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. When we're breaking down, you know, different videos, had AB <laughs> put on his. I love it. Hey, this, is, uh, this has been a fantastic thing this season. This episode continues to be great. Thank you. Thank you, AQ. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's get out of here. But before we do that, let's allow AQ the opportunity to win some money for some people that are watching along at home. Still four hours and ten minutes into this thing. This is one of our longer shows. How could it not be with how many guests we had? We came into the show saying, hey, this is going to be a long one. We knew. We had Rappaport on. We had Scott Reynolds on from Computer Report, and we had Aaron Rodgers stop by to chit-chat for an hour and ten minutes about literally everything. Then we had a chance to go in the trenches with this man who has a custom fit on that looks fantastic. Unreal. A man who is going to have to do a couple different things. Yeah, what are we doing? All you got to do is put one of these balls 
in one of those holes out there and 10 people will win $500 who retweet this video, say something nice to somebody and put their cash tag in there because okay, it's a lot easier to pay them on cash app. But if you don't make any of these balls in any of those holes over there, okay. could throw that football into a net, could throw it into the hoop, what? could shoot the basketball into the hoop, could throw a basketball into the garbage can or a net over there. If you don't do any of that, you're going to have to go two or five on a putting green. Let's assume you're not going to have to get there. Nope. Let's assume you're going to bury this first shot just like you did during the commercial break when nobody saw it. That's right. AQ Shipley, you... You do your thing out here. Thank you. Do it for AJ, Denardo. anything to say to AQ here before he gets started, try to win some money for the people and make a moment here out of this beautiful January 17th? Now, AQ does not need any uh, motivation. He's going to drink this first one. AQ Shipley, noted Joe Donardo denier. And, oh. <laughs> That's right. AQ Shipley from Penn State. Oh. Oh, AJ was wrong. Would have gone two for two on football throws towards the basketball hoop today, but instead one of two. The one that was made was during a commercial break. Can AQ bounce back and win some money Ooh. for the people? With the touch. With the let's go. Touch. Damn. That was awesome. Hell yeah. All you gotta do is retweet this video, say something nice to somebody, and put your cash tag in the same tweet so that we can pay you officially on Cash App because AQ Shipley's got the touch. Incredible wow. in the trenches today. Oh, wow. Great Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Big shot to Rapport and Pewter Report. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to be, you know, in your lives every single afternoon and this be our jobs. It is an absolute joke. We thank you forever. How you doing? Keep it moving. Say something nice to somebody. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye.